What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's delivering on its part two before Dune, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Part two. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and every performance is his best of the year. It's Andrew Ormsby, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He's still talking about Come On, Come On getting robbed. It's Robert Buffard. Hello. Woo. And he's trying to remember why exactly he did like Reminiscence. It's Aaron Schweitzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got me there. <laughs> Guys, uh, welcome to part two of the Sifties. Uh, man. Thanks for coming back a week later, guys. Yeah. Man, it's been a long it week. Has. How's everybody been this week? I even made sure week? to put on the same, same shirt. shirt. None of us showered. Yeah. We're filming back to back, unlike Dune. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes, we, we are doing this the correct way. Uh, we're excited to get into it. We have a lot to talk about because we're doing two full countdowns with all four of us. Uh, the categories for part two of the Sifties are the big boys. Uh, you got the best performances of the year. Uh, as uh, previously, last several years, we do not distinguish for gender or amount of time or anything. These are just the best performances we saw on the screen in 2021. Um, and then we'll have our best movies of the year as well. Um, so, and again, I will mention that some of those you may think of as 2020 movies. Uh, because of the way the awards calendar went last year, uh, but there are plenty of movies that came out in January or uh, February last year that even though they were up for awards of 2020 are technically 2021 movies that we didn't see until this year. So just a heads up on that. Uh, we will do between those two big categories, we will do our favorite moments of the year, favorite movie moments. That will be nomination style. We'll each have three nominations and uh, pick a favorite uh, of those. Uh, we will also pick a uh, uh, favorite of the best performance and best movie between the four of us. We will agree on one, and then we will kick it off, of course, 
with the official Sift Pop top uh, 31 movies this year, I think is what we're going to do. Um, so basically, mm. each year the uh, top list is determined by how many v- uh, movies get at least uh, two votes. And if a movie gets two votes, it gets on the list. Um, so I think there were 31 movies that got at least two votes this year. We will uh, talk more about that as we finish up with that later. So like I said, lots to do. So let's go ahead and get into it. We will kick it off with the top 10 performances of 2021 um i said a lot of different years i don't know if i got them all right but i think we're doing 2021 <laughs> uh, all right we'll go uh, from number so. 10 to I number one so. that's what i did we are doing <laughs> bec rules so if you have something higher feel free to trump it and maybe we'll have some honorable mentions at the end we'll we will see uh let's kick it off with number 10 aaron you're gonna start what is your number 10 performance of 2021 yeah, this one has a lot of baggage attached to it. So, uh, Daniel Craig in 007. Interesting. Okay. Mm. I, I, it's it's maybe not quite like to the caliber of uh, an Oscar win, but uh, I think he's done so much incredible stuff with the character, especially as simultaneously watching some of the old ones. Like, just him in this movie as compared to something like Roger Moore and Live and Let Die is two different franchises. I think he's he's made quite the legacy for himself. Yeah. Good. Good choice. Very, uh, very close to putting him on my list very close he's great he's yeah. absolutely great in this uh so yeah i don't i don't begrudge that choice at all robert what do you got at number 10 uh i'm gonna redeem this movie i'm gonna keep doing it i'm putting joaquin phoenix and come on come on at number 10 <laughs> nice. um, because joaquin i always think of as like intense or there's something you know something off about his character um but this one he's very tender and i don't often see that from him and i really loved it i felt so comforted by it um and i was anxious when he was anxious i loved when he loved he drew me in completely i loved that performance one of my favorites of his very nice joaquin phoenix in at number 10 andrew what do you got for your number 10 you may hate the movie but i hope you can at least appreciate the performance in this movie i'm going to har rahim in the mauritanian okay yeah uh I think he is working on another level compared to some A-list actors. I mean, he's going up against Jodie Foster. Even though she's young, Shailene Woodley has definitely, you know, made a name for herself Mm -hmm. as an amazing actress. Uh, And Benedict Cumberbatch, who I know you don't like, even though he's my number one on this list. Uh, (laughs) No. Um, But uh, I think Tahar Rahim is killing it in this movie. Great performance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good choice, good choice. Uh, they are great in uh, the Mor- Mauritanian. Uh, my number 10 is uh, Mike Feist uh, from West Side Story. Um, I really, really... Trump! Okie dokie, Trump. I was going to give you a little bit of a... Uh, I was going to see which in the... Nope. All right. Does, does he play the main jet or... Uh, he yeah, is... I'm, I'm trying to picture. Yes, He's the yeah. main jet. He's, yes. Okay. Um, why is the character's name slipping my brain right now? I've seen West Side... Is it Benny? No, no it's no. a... Uh, not Finn. Uh... I was just trying to get a picture of who that was. Yeah, no, I I appreciate it. It's just uh, slipping <clears throat> my brain right now. Um, There's a lot of people in West Side Story and only like three of Riff. them are household. Riff, Riff, thank you. Yes, yes. Um, so there you go. Uh, All right, so we'll talk about that later, but let's go to our number nines. Aaron, what do you got at number nine? Yeah, a movie I love I haven't got to talk about yet. Uh, Rebecca Hall in The Night House. Okay, talk Uh, about it. Yeah, um, maybe... 
I, I'm confu- confu- conflicted on how I feel about this movie because I love it. it. To me, this is uh, like uh, like in the style of The Invisible Man from last year. Uh, it feels a lot like Black Bear from last year as well. Two movies that I absolutely loved. Uh, I really loved The Night House. Uh, Rebecca Hall giving a really incredible standout performance in a lead. Uh, and uh, it's it's a movie that I know Robert saw because I kept on hyping up uh, the movie and her performance. He didn't really love it. But I haven't seen it since theaters. I'm not sure how much that played into it. But um, lots to love about uh, specifically Rebecca Hall's performance here. Um, I have not seen this movie. Um, I missed this one this last year. So I'll have to put that on the, the watch list. Um I mean, I, I know horror is not really your thing. No, it's not, not really my thing either. But if this is more like along the lines of Invisible Man, you know. Okay. All right. Honestly, the trailers got me intrigued. Like, I'm like, okay, so what's going on with, is this possible parallel universes colliding and stuff like that? I had a lot of questions and I did want answered. So it's just one that I never got around to seeing, but I kind of do want to see it. Yeah, it's great. You should check it out. I will. Uh, Rebecca Hall, The Night House, in at number nine for Aaron. Robert, what's your number nine? Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Trump? Trump. Uh, (laughs) Andrew, what is your number nine? I'm going to go with Toby Huss in Cop Shop. That's that's a decent choice. I loved his character. Like, obviously, you're not supposed to love his character, but uh, it's, it's such a wild eccentric crazy character that brought a little bit of levity to an otherwise really tense dark surprisingly good movie yeah i think everybody's really good in that movie um he he is the most showy of the performances i think and so that that may that may be a love it or hate it kind of thing um but i think it works uh speaking of halt and catch fire like you know i just so different than you know that or other stuff that that I've seen him in. So, um, so yeah, I was I was really close to not having him on this list and having Alexis Louder just because I was yeah she was a, she was a nobody that I'd ever heard of, and I really loved her performance. But I think Toby Huss is so, I guess, like you said, colorful and charismatic as opposed yeah. to everybody else. He stands out. Yeah, I would have gone with the, uh, Alexis, but I I don't begrudge yeah, you the too. Toby choice either. It's it's an incredible yeah. performance. <laughs> Uh, my number nine is Will Smith in uh, King Richard. Um, Trump. All right. I'm not going to let you talk. Nope. I, I'll talk when it's my turn, apparently. Yeah. Uh, we're on to our number eight. Aaron, what is your number eight? Uh, this is my King Richard acting pick. Uh, I have uh, Anjanue Ellis, the, the wife. Trump. I think she's the stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, your number eight, Robert. Kristen Stewart and Spencer. Uh, no Trumps. Yeah. No, no, no. I have my honorable mentions. Um, okay, my number one man. <laughs> Love this movie. No, yeah. I uh, I honestly haven't seen too much Kristen uh, too much from Kristen Stewart. Um, but I really, really loved her in this because I really loved the movie. Um, I don't think it really works if she's not selling everything that she's going through. Uh, I I'd push back against Andrew's point from part one from last week which is that I think things kind of build up for her. She has the same mindset the whole time, but she has conversation after conversation that kind of builds up and just kind of, it all comes to a head at the end. Uh, and there's one scene that's kind of a fantasy scene in a house uh, by herself that's just otherworldly. Um, so she does like those big acting moments, great. And then she also does those small intimate moments well as well. 
that scene you're talking about really made me think, was this scene in particular directed by Guillermo del Toro? Because it felt <laughs> like it. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, since we're talking about uh, Spencer, I, I will just say this movie has been one of the biggest growers for me uh, on the year from when I first saw it uh, to now. I, I really want to see it again because I want to I want to see if if that growth is you know um, legit. But man, mm-hmm. it's such a mood. This movie is such a mood, and uh, and I don't know that I was ready for the type of mood it was when I watched it the first time. Um, but That's I think it's really put it. I think it's really well done. Uh, all right, I think we're on Andrew. Your number eight. Uh, this is where I have Emma Stone and Cruella. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, she uh, she made the character her own. Uh, once I once I you know resided myself in thinking, okay, she's not doing the same Cruella that we've known from the Hundred and One Dalmatians. She's mm-hmm. not this psychotic animal killer. She's uh, this vengeful artist who is slowly falling into this character that she's created, and you don't know when she's being the character and when she's being herself, or mm-hmm. if this character is becoming who she really is the whole time. Uh, yeah, it was fascinating to see that character develop throughout the film. So, No, I think it's a good choice. I definitely think it's a good choice. Um, well, let's see if I get to talk about one this time. Uh, <laughs> my number eight is, and I'm going to mispronounce this and I apologize, uh, but uh, I'm going to go with Renate Rensiv uh, for worst person in the world. Um, I... This performance is astonishing to me. This movie is astonishing to me. It's it's really good work. Um, it is a French film. If you haven't seen it, uh, I just read an article recently about this movie that conjectured if this movie was in English, it would be competing in all categories. And mm-hmm. I don't know that they're wrong. Um, and that's I, I understand that. I get that. Um, but it's it is a pretty incredible film and there are some segments in this that blew my mind uh so i thought this was a norwegian film it, did i get that wrong i'm sorry i think you're right i think you're right i think i said french but i think you're right i think yeah. it's scandinavian um yeah. and and i apologize for that uh but uh but yeah anyways if you haven't seen worst person in the world i think it should be available on a vod soon hopefully i know it's expanding a little bit in theaters, so you might be able to check it out there um, but she is absolutely uh, astonishing and incredible in it. So um, that is my number eight. Uh, all right, on to number sevens. Uh, what do you got, Aaron? Yeah, uh, this is a movie I was surprised that you didn't have in uh, overrated uh, or underrated. Sorry, uh, I have Zendaya and Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, they're both giving incredible performances, but Zendaya is the standout to me. Uh, the uh, the scene that I can't shake from my head is the one where she's threatening him with a knife. Yes. Um, oh, so yeah. good. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I totally spaced on this being available for this year because, again, it was in last year's awards season, yep. and I I should and it didn't get nominated for next. For, anything, for hardly really. anything, I absolutely would have had Zendaya in my uh, top ten performances. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I'm gl- I'm glad you uh, picked up my slack on that one. Well, and I know Malcolm and Marie is a movie that people either love or hate. Uh, I loved it when I saw it, but I've kind of gone down on yeah. it a little bit because it's just really pretentious. Yeah. yeah, it is. Oh, it's definitely pretentious for sure. Yeah. I don't I don't argue that at all. I just think it's incredibly well done. Um, it yep. almost earns its pretension at some points for me. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. uh, good choice. So Robert, your number seven. 
this is where I have Dev Patel and the Green Knight. Nice. Um, I, number seven. Yeah. Me too. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> Let's talk about it now. Yeah, he's he's just otherworldly great. Again, um, I was thinking about it the other day. I've seen the movie twice now, but I was thinking about it because I was in I was taking a three hour car drive. Um, he the difference between how he is in the beginning, yes. how he is on his quest, and then how he is in that flash forward sequence is stark like those are three completely different performances and he sells each one perfectly um i think that flash forward sequence at the end is is just absolutely astonishing we'll talk um, about it later <laughs> <laughs> yes the the way that um yeah just his whole demeanor completely shifts in those three different uh segments of the movie um and on top of that he's just insanely charismatic yeah good choice Dev Patel uh, in at Andrew and Roberts number seven yeah. Andrew did you have more you wanted to say about it yeah it's it's interesting because Gawain the the arrogance to humbleness that story mm-hmm. um, it's it's like Robert said it, it does take place in those three segments but the segue like the transition from each to the next step of that character development is so smooth and it, I don't know if it's because you're so distracted by the vibrancy of the movie and like how visually stunning it is, but I do think that really his performance stands above in some of those like moments where you're like, oh wow, so there's a giant, you know, bald person now walking <laughs> across uh, this tribe of giants walking across. Oh, he's he's a he's a little bit more humble now because he's seeing the world. He seems so. And I don't mean this, Aaron, I don't mean to take your pun, but he seems so <laughs> green. He seems so green, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, I mean, that's youthful. part of the point of the title. I mean, it is the double yeah. meaning of the title. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's stellar. He is truly stellar. I love this movie a lot. Good choice. Good choice at your number sevens. Uh, my number seven, uh, I think we're back to me getting trumped. Uh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number seven is uh, Anne Dowd in Mass. Uh, yeah, I'll try. All that. right. Comes in. <laughs> at you said seven. Ma- Mass, and I'm like, oh, Aaron, Schweitzer, attack. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, let's do our number sixes. Uh, Schweitzer, what do you got? Uh, we'll see if this gets trumped. Jessica Chastain in the eyes. Yes, I will trump Same. that. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I'll trump you both. I- I'll trump yeah. you both. Yep. Uh, Robert, what is your number six? Rebecca Ferguson in Dune. Um, I think she is the standout performance. As much as I love Timothy Chalamet, just overall, uh, just as a performer and as an actor, um, I, her performance is so good that every time I try to think of her name, all I can think of is Jessica because that's the character's <laughs> name. Yeah. And I always think it's Jessica Ferguson. I'm like, no, that's not right. Um, I. She she has to play stoic in um in a way that's really impressive for me uh it's different from what i've seen her do before and i know she was in reminiscence but she's like a different kind of stoic in this than in reminiscence um but at the same time she has like those moments where paul's hand is in the box and she's off in the corner just absolutely freaking out and Mm -hmm. worrying about what's about to happen in there um i think she has the most layered and nuanced performance out of out of all the performers in dune Everyone's great, but and it was one of my favorite movies, as we'll see later. But I just had to pick someone; she's easily the best. Yeah, 
Yep, I agree. Uh, I recently heard someone refer to Timothy Chalamet as a spice boy, and I now cannot <laughs> get that out of my head. Uh, so, uh, so yes, uh, Rebecca Ferguson is a good choice at number six. Uh, Andrew, your number six, I believe, Which has friend? been trumped. Uh, so we're on to my number six. This is where I have Anjanu Ellis from uh, King Richard. So my yeah. number six and was Aaron's number eight, eight. I believe. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. This is my favorite performance in that movie. Will is great. He was on my list. Anjanu is better. And I think she has the most powerful moments in the film. Some of her conversations with the Richard character, some of her conversations with her daughters. Um, I think she's doing incredible, incredible work here. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to recognize Anjanu Ellis. What else did you want to say, uh, Aaron, about Anjanu? No, just uh, this could have easily been um, the performance that people forgot about, or the that you cast somebody that it, you know, because the focus is on Richard mm-hmm. and the daughters. But um, she she elevates this performance to actually mean something to the film. Yes, yeah, she has the most crucial work in the movie, in my opinion, um, because yeah. she is the one bringing King Richard down to earth. You know, she's the one trying to make mm-hmm. this overbearing human likable she's the one we're, we're trying to see him through her eyes in many ways uh in yeah. the movie um yeah it's crucial there's, stuff there's two th- scenes i can think of in particular one is uh when she go well, there's the obvious one which is where she kind of has to put uh richard in his place in the kitchen when mm-hmm. they're in the yeah the kitchen in, scene in the kitchen, yeah. yeah and then the other one is just when she has to go confront the neighbors because they keep on calling mm-hmm. the cops on them uh she like barely has to say anything but she's got that thousand yard stare that's just yeah. like yeah, I'll stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. So good. Uh, yep. uh, all right, on to our number fives. Uh, Aaron, what do you got at number five? Yeah, here's where I have Jody Comer in The Last Duel. Nice. Trump. Oh, we got a Trump for Comer. All right, uh, Robert, what do you got at number five? Uh, this is the less acclaimed female performance from Mass, and I think Martha Plimpton is the better of the two, even though all four are incredible. Yeah. Um, I was just grounded, uh, taken aback watching that movie when she like everything she does is internal um and doubt is kind of like trying to be the the peacemaker character but uh martha plimpton everything she does is internal she's trying not to just absolutely lose it at every second Mm -hmm. and then when she finally does it's not in the way that you would really expect um yeah I, i love every single thing about this performance yeah, I, I don't. I don't begrudge any of these choices. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you can pick any of those four in your best performances of the year, and I go, "Yep, it works for me." Um, no, you're absolutely right with what you say about Plimpton in this. Um, she's doing incredible work. So, good choice at your number five. Uh, my, uh, sorry, Andrew, your number five. This is where I have Will Smith. Okay, for King Richard. All right. The further I get away from this movie, the more I can appreciate the things that. I was not able to because of how I personally felt about, you know, Richard. Mm-hmm. And uh, so once I was able to kind of separate the real person from the performance in the movie itself, that's when I'm really starting to r- realize, like, okay, I think that Will Smith might be the front runner for a best performance from a lead actor. I think he is. Uh, I think he is. I think there's I, I, there's a feeling that it's his time. It's his time. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's he's waited long enough. Like he did pursuit of happiness. He's done so many amazing things. Mm-hmm. This is his moment now. Um and 
honestly, I think that this is his best performance that he's ever given. Like, he really transformed into this person. So he became Richard Williams, and it's it's shocking to see that physical transformation really come to life. You only see that from, you normally only see that from, like, method actors, like uh, Christian Bale or, uh, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, to mm-hmm. physically transform into somebody. Yeah. But he does it here. And there's there's a good portion of this movie where I'm not thinking that's Will Smith. And that's really hard to do when you're Will Smith to make me believe that you're somebody else because you are possibly one of the most recognizable faces on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Your number five, my number nine. Um, yeah. So, and I would, I would, I don't have a lot to add to that other than to say I think it is his, uh, it is his most difficult performance um, that that he's uh, he's had to do. Although, honestly, I guess concussion was also a, a, a really uh, interesting performance for him to try to do. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I like the what he's doing here, and I think the movie. Um, yeah. Pulls it off. Very, Ali very well. was really good. Yep, he was nominated for Ali in Pursuit of Happiness, right? But he didn't. Those win are either. the two that he got nominated for. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I might get pushback on this, but I think another insanely good performance of his is I Am Legend. Yeah, yeah. like no, the movie right. is all him. It's really him carrying well, that I whole mean, thing. Let's be honest. It's not like he's doing bad work in Independence Day. You know what I mean? Like the the work yeah, he's right. doing, even yeah. in the movies like Men in Black, Independence Day. Yes, it's more like this is Will Smith, but it's still incredible acting work. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, I, I I think he's great. I think he's absolutely great. Um, my number five is Denzel. Uh, Denzel Washington in the Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I didn't much care for the movie, uh, not because it's bad, just because it was hard for that movie to engage me. However, Denzel is absolutely astonishing in, in that movie. He is doing some great work. Uh, I, I wasn't as impressed with Frances McDormand. I think she's she's fine in the movie, but Denzel really, really blew me away. Uh, away. So um, recognize that here at number five. Uh, all right, on to our number fours. Get into the nitty gritty now. Aaron, what do you got at number four? I have Kingsley Benadir from One Night in Miami. Nice. Uh, that is clearly, in my mind, a 2020 movie. Did it not come out until yep. January? It came out in January. Okay. Very early January. Okay, well, there you go. I don't mind this pick at all. Uh, to me, he's the standout performance from this movie. I know he was nominated for. Uh, best actor and it was he was never gonna win but i was kind of hoping he would yeah me too me too i love that movie it's one of my favorite movies of all time um all right robert what's your number four number four this is where i have jody comer um cool yeah i i I think everyone in this movie is great in the last duel um wait what movie did you get the last duel Duel. oh oh for one night Miami. miami yeah that was 2020 it was a like a early january it might have had a limited theatrical release yeah yeah but it was i think i think technically yes it had a limited release in 2020 which makes it technically a 2020 movie but i mean if you saw it in 2021 no problem bringing it up here absolutely i just i just considered because the way we've typically done at least on the website Mm -hmm. was it has to be widely available okay yeah well then there would have been four different (laughs) people (laughs) in my list i just want to get that you know out right now yeah 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 uh jody comer last duel uh go ahead robert yeah, uh, like I said, I think everyone's great in this in this movie, but she bears the brunt of the themes and the message and the story. 
um, and she carries it all perfectly on her back. Um, I don't if if you're not rooting for her, if you don't believe, well, the point is that you believe the character, but if you don't believe her as an actress, then the movie doesn't work. And I think uh, she is just above and beyond with her performance. Yeah, I think she is absolutely great in this. My favorite performance, um, well, you know what? I won't say yet since it's in my honorable mentions and somebody else may have it uh, later. So we'll just we'll just hold on that. But yeah, Jody, Jody is, is asked to do some really interesting stuff here from the key perspective of the film. And when you're dealing with a Rashomon yeah. style type movie, um, that's, that's heavy lifting that she's doing here and she does it really, really well. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Um, all right. I think, Andrew, we're ready for your number four. Yeah, this is where I have my performance from The Last Duel. And uh, it's not the blonde person that Aaron is thinking about. Because <laughs> I know that's who you would have yeah, if you yeah. were to nominate. I'm actually going Me with too. Harriet Walter, who played oh, okay. uh, ben, or, uh, Matt Damon's mother in this. Oh. This is a woman... I think that she is... like Out of everybody in this movie, she is giving the most authentic performance because it feels like she is the one who has resigned herself to what it means to be a woman living in the renaissance slash medieval times like mm-hmm. i am a i am not only a second class citizen i'm a second class human and i'm just gonna hold my head high and live my life the best i can and the whole thing with jody comer is that she is trying to be like what a modern woman would, you know, react to certain situations. And she's like, what are you doing? This is life. This is how mm-hmm. life is supposed to be for you. It's I'm not I'm not being mean to you. I'm being honest. And honestly, if if anybody from this movie gets nominated for performance i have a feeling it will be jody comer but i think harry williams is being just pure magic in this movie nice nice uh well that's interesting because my number for performance uh is ben affleck from the last duel no it's not i'm just kidding uh but it wasn't my (laughs) i knew that i knew that's who you were gonna have uh so no my number four performance uh this is where i have nicholas cage for pig I'll uh, trump that. All right. I wondered if somebody might. That's so good. I love that. Uh, all right. Let's get on to our number threes then. Um, what do you got, Aaron? It's all aboard the mass train. Let's go Jason Isaacs. Ah, nice. This is where I have him also, number three. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Very nice. nice. Yeah. yeah um, every, all four leads in this are incredible. Uh, they all get lots to do. They all have subtleties or not subtle moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're all terrific. Uh, they all deserve to be in awards contention. But uh, yeah, Jason Isaacs is, was a real standout to me. I just yeah. love how he's known for being a villain. You know, Lucius Malfoy, the guy from The Patriot, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then here he channels some of that angry energy. But it again, like uh, his wife in the movie, it's very subdued and internal until it's not. And playing both of those feelings is just insanely great for him it's such a testament to this movie that people come away with different favorite performances of these four um and just how great they are because honestly reed bernie would probably be my number two performance in the movie i i think he's the only one we haven't mentioned and i think he's astonishing as well so but yeah jason isaacs is is doing some really really great work uh too what an incredible actor showcase that movie is um and to believe it was you know directed by you know the stoner from cabin in the woods you know like 
just astonishing stuff from Franz, uh, Franz Kranz. Franz Kranz. Franz Kranz. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that brings us, Robert. Oh, no, you said uh, yeah. Jason Isaacs was also your number three. So, Andrew, I think we're at your number three. It, it, this is interesting because half of this movie, I don't know if it's a performance or if it's just really the person being themselves. I'm going to go with <laughs> Bo Burnham's Inside. Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I I don't begrudge this choice at all. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about your thinking and in, in putting uh, Bo at your uh, number three performance. It's the simple fact that I don't know when he's performing and when he's not. So I think that shows that for those moments that he is, there's yeah. an authenticity to this performance. I go, I get that it's a very personal movie. Mm-hmm. He's the only one we ever see, and it's really all about him. But at the same time, there are moments where he, there are moments like when he's when he's faking doing the uh, the Twitch stream, or he's faking doing the movie reaction, or he's doing mm-hmm. all these things. Like, is this Bo Burnham? Like, yeah, this is really me, or is this like? Okay, this is this would be a funny bit like I could do. It's the simple fact that it's so pure that it that's what made it so high for me. I love it. I love it as a great choice. Um, yeah. Great job. Uh, number three uh, for me is an Academy of winning performance. <laughs> I have Anthony Hopkins uh, in the Father. Oh, at, Trump uh, that too. All right, fair Wait. enough. Oh, that was this year too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so there are five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did the I did the the research. One night, Miami was in one theater in Miami on December twenty fifth, yeah. and went wide on January. Yeah. 8th. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right. <clears throat> uh, I I think like seventy percent of my choices uh, have been trumped, but such is life. Uh, Aaron, what do you have at number two? Yeah, here's where and out is for Matt. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um. To, to me, her performance is the best because she her her role requires to be the most subtle. Uh, I mean, Robert, I know you mentioned the other female performer. I can't think of her name. Martha right Plimpton. Now. Yeah, yeah. She, she her 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 role is designed to be on the edge of just about to flip out and hop the table any moment. Uh, whereas Ann Dowds is the peacemaker, the the have made has has made peace uh, and is trying to absorb the anger in the room. Uh, she's doing really incredible work here uh because specifically um she's given a lot to do but it's it's not showy kind of like uh the guy in cop shop that you mentioned andrew Mm -hmm. Um, toby huss Huss, yeah yeah he gets a lot to just play with and and the restraint uh that all of these actors have to have specifically and out is yeah it's magic on screen I agree. Uh, I had it at number seven. Uh, you had it at number two. Um, yeah. I, I, I just think she is doing, for me, the the most uh, difficult of the performances. Yeah. And the balance she's, she's trying to pull off in that character, uh, to create the empathy she's creating with the situation uh, that's going on in the movie is just really astonishing work uh, for me. By the way, I was just thinking... I, I, it took me way too long to understand the double meaning of this title. Like it was, it was months after I had seen it before I was like, Oh, (laughs) so, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where this movie is doing so much and so much of it is on her shoulders. So yeah. And doubt is, 
is uh is my number seven and your number two uh well can you explain to me the double meaning of the title thing? sure i can i don't want to really i don't really want to give it away for those who haven't seen the movie because it is one of those movies where the less you know going into it yeah. um i think i understand part of it how it's the situational context of what they're talking about right. what they're gathering right about. yes yeah i just i just don't think it's the other one that i understand oh okay well, yeah. Well, we can chat about that at some point. Okay. <laughs> Aaron's like, oh, that's good for you, but we're not talking about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Patreon, Patreon exclusive. <laughs> uh, Robert, what is your number two? Here's where I have Nicolas Cage. Um, I, I can't claim to have seen a lot of Nicolas Cage movies, like where he has a reputation of going over the top and all that. Mm-hmm. But here, just as an insular performance, is just. Um, so personal, so intimate, so raw, and that's always what draws me to a performance. Um, I think the moment at the the fancy restaurant with his old chef is one of the best moments of the year. Uh, spoiler alert! And <laughs> as is, there's another one where he makes food for a couple people. Just those two moments. If those were the only acting that he did in the whole movie, I think I'd, I'd still have him at number two. Um, but the way he has to play this grief. Um, that's that's doubled after the opening sequence is just uh, yeah it's just amazing it's astonishing stuff uh, I do have him at number four you have him at number two um, yeah this movie blew me away I was not I was not ready for this Nicolas Cage performance I, people are quick to forget how incredible he is when he does the over-the-top stuff and um I, I i love that he just keeps reminding people oh guess what i'm i'm actually like one of the best actors to ever have lived so uh here let me show you that again oscar winner um, yeah right uh so um uh, bravo bravo to him and and what he's doing in this movie i think you said it very well i don't need to add too much but uh yeah nicholas cage in Pig is my number four, and Robert's number two. Andrew, what do you have at number two? This is where I have Mike Feist uh, for West Side Story. Nice. Yeah, for me, he was the standout performance in the whole movie. It was really close. If I was going to pick anybody from this movie, he was obviously going to be the first one. But uh, uh, another one that I really, really love was David Alvarez, who played Bernardo. Uh, yeah, he was my favorite. Yeah, I think that... Uh, Feist or Faced, however you say it, uh, was a more well-rounded character. Like, uh, and maybe it's because we see a lot more of the Jets than we do with the Sharks. But uh, it, it felt like uh, whenever he was like talking with Ansel Elgort and stuff like that, you could see like he has a love for this character, but he is hating what Ansel Elgort is turning into because he's becoming everything that they'd stood against. You know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, and honestly, the uh, the dancing that he does, the choreography on top of that is stellar. Yeah. yeah. Yep, you've got him at number two. I've got him at number 10. Um, yeah, I think he's the standout performance from the movie for me. My number two would probably be Ariana DeBose. Uh, I think she's incredible mm. uh, in this as well. Oh, her ending scene is just crazy. Yeah, it's, it's so yeah. good. Um, I... I think for me, what drives me to the Riff performance is the energy, Um, and he just captures it so well. Um, And yeah, I was I was really blown away by by him in in this movie. So yeah, my number ten, Andrews number two. Uh, So all right, let's uh, let's let's go to my number two, uh, which I trumped earlier. 
my number two is Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, I think this is an absolutely astonishing performance. I I am blown away by what Chastain does here in in uh, in absolutely. It's not. It's not even an impression of Tammy Faye. She just kind of becomes Tammy Faye in this movie, and yeah. <laughs> and not just becomes Tammy Faye at a certain point in her life. Becomes Tammy Faye for Tammy Faye's entire life. Um, you know, other than the yeah. childhood scenes. Um, you know, which <laughs> she can't unage. Uh, you know, to do. Um, I don't know. She she did pretty well, good. She should try <laughs> <laughs> playing her as a college student. No, the so. college student stuff is great. I believe she's a college student, yeah. and when she's in her sixties, I believe she's in her sixties. Like it's it's really incredible stuff that's going on here that she's doing. Um, and I just it's not an easy performance either because Tammy Faye herself was just a scenery chewing individual in the real world. Like you know. Uh, for her to be able to find the balance of the authenticity of somebody whose whole life seemed inauthentic in many ways, um, you know, is is really a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. So it's not just about incorporating who Tammy Faye is, but just the, the challenge of, you know, uh, that individual person uh, themselves is, is part of my love for this performance as well. So, yeah, I had to give Chastain uh, love for that performance. Um, who else had it on their list? I had it at six. All right. six. Uh, yeah, that's right. Andrew and Aaron uh, both had it at number six. Um, Aaron, what are some of your thoughts? I mean, we've been bagging on the movie a little bit during part one. Um, I'm on the low side of like this movie, but uh, both Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield are really incredible in it. They're mm-hmm. for sure the reasons to watch it. Um, and Chastain specifically is is given a phenomenal performance. You're right. She she doesn't feel like Jessica Chastain. She feels like Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, really great work. Uh, I think she's the front runner for best actress for a reason. Yeah, uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts? She transforms, like you said. It's not Jessica Chastain, and uh, uh, kind of like with Will Smith, I wouldn't put her in that category of like that uh, method actor who really does transform and become somebody else. But she does it, and it's not just the makeup. It's not just you know the prosthetics or anything like that. Her her mannerisms, her demeanor is mm-hmm. different. It's a completely different person. So yeah, yeah. insanely good. Like like uh, Schweitzer said, there's a reason she's a front runner. Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. Uh, my number two and both of your number sixes uh, for yeah. Aaron and Andrew Jessica Chastain, Eyes of Tammy Faye, and it is time for our number ones. No one can trump you now. Uh, Aaron, what do you have at number one? Yeah, uh, show of hands for Andrew Garfield and Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> I, have, I have Andrew at number one as well. I know. Robert, you had him at ten, right? I had him at nine, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so much of this movie relies on his performance, uh, his his ability to be kind of wacky and zany, kind of in that 3090 intro song, and his ability to be uh, – just really thought provoking and and deep in the in the why song and just all of the in betweens, um, he he makes this movie uh, something special. Yeah, um, Robert, why don't you? Uh, actually, I had him at number one, so I'll go next. Um, yeah. I I I did not know Garfield had this in him. I, I I love him as an actor. I think he's an incredible performer, and I didn't realize he had this much range because not only yeah. is he doing a different kind of personality than I've ever seen him do before, which is this really uh, 
you know, all energy right at the front, uh, performance, you know, Broadway kid, you know, kind of performance. Um, he's also singing these songs like like, you know, he's he's learning to play the piano and sing songs. And, and just like I just I am blown away by the talent of this man. Um, I, I think he is he is clearly my 2021 MVP. Uh, like, yeah. you know, I don't I can't think of somebody who had a better year than Andrew Garfield had. Um, and, uh, I just, I think this performance is, is incredible. So yeah, um, it is, it is my number well, and one he as well. didn't even like, he didn't even have the ability to sing until he was cast. Right. Like and it's not something he had ever yeah, really like, done. Yeah. He, it, this isn't like he grew up a theater kid and finally right. getting his chance. Yeah. You know? He learned to be a theater kid. Like, how do you do that? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wild stuff. Um, Robert, why don't you talk a little bit about it too, since you had him on your list? Yeah, I think I'm the number one Andrew Garfield scholar on this podcast right now. Um, <laughs> he's been my favorite actor for the last like six, seven years. Good. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't surprised that he could do this. Right. And it's just a testament to the other eight performances on this list that he's only at number nine because, you know, Andrew Garfield is always up there for me. Um, yeah. But the fact, like you guys are saying, that he's able to do the singing and the dancing, um, do the charismatic uh, theater kid stuff as well as like the conversation with Michael on the street towards the end and the song where he plays the piano on the stage uh, outside by himself on the end. Um, He runs the whole gamut of like emotions and uh, he he just displays his incredible range in this. So, yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, All right. I think that means Robert, we're ready for your number one. What do you got? This is where I have Anthony Hopkins, uh, the father. Um, Unfortunately, I've had too many people in my life go through the same thing that Anthony Hopkins' character goes through in mm-hmm. this. Um, so just being able to see this stuff portrayed in this way, the way the father does, um, kind of getting inside the character's head is moving and uh, creates empathy in a way that I don't think any other movie could for this this kind of uh, condition. And then and the way Anthony Hopkins plays it, um, again, sadly, is just all too familiar to me. Um, so I think that's just kind of what threw him over the top as easily the number one far and away best performance of the year that I saw. Uh, you had him at number one. I had him at number three. I'm with you. This performance is so good that my brain was literally while watching this movie going, Oh no, Anthony Hopkins has Alzheimer's. Like, like I, like, (laughs) no, I was literally feeling like, you know, bad for the person, Anthony Hopkins, because it just felt like he was really there. And, and I I just, it's, it's an astonishing performance. Um, I, I know lots has been made about the Academy's decision to do best actor last in, and it kills me that it, that it overshadows, um, you know, what was going on with Chadwick and, you know, in the stuff last year, because it is really one of those moments where it's like, can we please just let both things be true? Can we please just honor both things? Because, at the end of the day, if you're putting it in front of me and going, you know, Chadwick Boseman's performance, Anthony Hopkins' performance, I'm going, I think the Hopkins' performance is better. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if you're putting it in front of me going, you know, who do you want to honor this year? I, I want to honor Chadwick in his life, in his legacy in such a short time. Let's just let both things be true in our memory. And um, and what, what really stinks is I think we could have done that 
pretty easily if they'd have just stuck to the regular script instead of trying to pull a fast one and go, hey, let's end it with this big moment. Um, Just a real bad decision by the producers of the show, I think, that that really ruined something that could have still been beautiful, I think. Um, But yeah. They'll also give Chadwick a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. If not this year, then maybe next. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. What an incredible performance and and good stuff. And Andrew, you even said like if you had considered it for this no, year, it, it would be my number one. Yeah, it would be yeah. my number one if I. But it's it's the whole pandemic changing mm-hmm. or not? The, it's not the pandemics. You know, it was the weird reasoning behind changing it. You know, like the. Uh, the uh, nomination period that threw me off because yeah i would have had a whole bunch of people from one night in miami on this list and anthony hopkins would be my number one yeah so um aaron and robert uh, i think people know how andrew and i uh, because we've talked about it many times feel about that decision to move the eligibility window where do you guys stand on that do you think that was a good decision bad decision who cares like what's what you did you do you have any specific thoughts on that it doesn't bug me too much. It's just, this is the prime example of why it's really weird is that it throws off end of year lists and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So that's that's pretty much the extent of my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like that they adapted. You know, I think they when they made the change, they were hopeful that vaccines would be readily available by the start of 2021. Um, that wasn't the case. Um so I, I think that they were hoping I, I think we need to do away with limited releases on Christmas Day um, counting. I think it needs to be wide release and then that would just clear up so much confusion. Um, it's a, that'd be the thing I'd do. I don't think you're ever going to get we're going to follow a little bit of a bunny trail here but I don't think you're ever going to get rid of eligibility issues because people are always going to play the game right they're going to say okay what do we have to because Netflix does this right the eligibility rules right now say that a movie has to be in actual theaters that's the only reason Netflix puts their movies in theaters for a week yep. is so that they can be eligible for awards so everybody's always going to skirt eligibility stuff it means the netflix stuff uh, like like if you say you know it has to be wide release well the netflix stuff most of it never gets to wide release so like you know when what year do you consider that stuff for so i just for me i just think we need to go calendar year quit playing games with it if you know it just i I would go more expansive rather than less i would count one night night in miami as a 2020 uh movie just because it had that one theater one showing in 2020 Boom. It's a 2020 movie. Fine. I know a lot of people won't get around to it till January. That's okay. Counted in the 2020 um, because it did that. I would I would just say, you know, make it wide. I, I just don't like changing the actual dates of the calendar. It's like, well, yeah. if we're doing well, the best movie like of the year, see, do the year, you know, that kind of thing. I'd also like to see additions for just the new kind of uh, stuff that we're seeing, like Come From Away and uh, Hamilton. Sure. And, um I, I totally didn't realize at the start of the first show that the non-movie pop culture stuff, uh, I would have picked in and of itself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I thought we were doing nominations at that yeah. point. So, uh, like, I'd love to see that get some Oscar attention, but it doesn't really qualify in anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm totally with you. Um, I just think if they had stuck with the year, do you really think the father and uh, Malcolm and Marie and those kind of things weren't ready to to show in December, they would have just shown them in December and they would have been a part of the 2020. They only reason they waited till January and February was because of the, the window, right? Like in my opinion, yeah. I could be totally wrong on that. I'm just, it's just a weird thing uh, for me. So, yeah. well, and especially one night Miami being a prime, like Amazon bought the rights to release mm-hmm. it. Like 
there's no reason they couldn't have released it in December. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm 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 with you. It sh- I think it should have e- wi- widely available. So even if that's just you know if it's on Netflix, you know, yeah. as opposed to yeah. since. It should be widely available January 1st to December 31st. Uh, all right. So um, uh, I'm, I'm lost now. Andrew, you Me. said you're... I think it's just Andrew's number one. Yeah. 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 Andrew, what is your number one? Uh, it would be my number two. Just move everything down. <laughs> Nancy Hopkins is number one. Uh, I'm going to go with Alana Haim and Licorice Pizza. Oh. Ooh. Nice. She blew me away. Like, I had no idea who she was before this movie. I definitely will afterwards. Um, I think she's a musician. Is that how a lot of people know her? Yeah. 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 Okay. From the band Heim, right? They're sisters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what a performance. The whole movie, you know me, I love PTA. And it's interesting how this movie, more so than any other PTA movie I can think of, is all about the uncomfortableness in the relationship that this movie, mm-hmm. you know, you know, delves into with like, yeah, she's a lot older is, than um, uh, Cooper. I forget his first name. Uh, is it Robert Cooper? Hoffman. Cooper Hoffman. Uh, Hoff- Cooper, Cooper Hoffman. Hoffman yeah, uh, Cooper Hoffman's uh, uh, performance. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a young kid in this, and she's like in her mid twenties, and like she even has that one line. Like, do you think it's weird that I hang out with? So and so, and all of his like fifteen year old friends, because I think it's a little weird that I'm always hanging out, and uh, but her performance, like how she 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 is technically older, but on a maturity level, she's just as mature, if not less mature than Cooper Hoffman. You know, like he's seasoned and he's like knows the world because he's a child actor, and that in and of itself makes him a little more versed so seeing her reaction to like his stardom and his success and how that shapes her yeah it's a stellar performance in a stellar movie so yeah i thought she was great well there you go number one for andrew alana heim uh licorice pizza uh (laughs) technically number two which brings us to an interesting decision because we have Anthony Hopkins with Andrew's uh, reintroduction with two number yeah. ones and a number three for me. Um, did all of us have Hopkins on our list? Aaron, did you have Hopkins on your list? No, and uh, this is again where it probably should have gone in my list. I just didn't sure. for some reason. I, I totally agree with everything you had just saying. It's a career best. And then we have Garfield uh, with two number ones and a number... What did you have, Robert? Nine. nine. And yeah. a number nine. So on numbers alone, it's Hopkins. Um, is there any discussion? I think those are the two choices, right? I mean, those are the ones that yeah. clearly the most of us... And I haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom. So. Oh, okay. Well, that adds I mean, an element as well. Um so yeah, what do you what do you guys think? Just some, just some thoughts between those two. I would go Hopkins in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, just because it's a career best, and because of just how deep and layered it is. Mm-hmm. Aaron, career best I from the guy who played so Hannibal Lecter. That's insane, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Yeah. I'm so split because as of now, both of these are career bests, and both of them make or break the movie. Yeah. Oh, that scene with Anthony Hopkins at the end, like, I want my mommy scene, yeah, yeah. kills I, me. I can't, kills me. Look, at my heart says yeah. Garfield, but I can't not just say Hopkins deserves it, right? Andrew? Uh, again, I, I have no yeah, way you haven't seen to compare. Thing, so, yeah, you would be Hopkins. So, obviously, I'm going to go with Hopkins, <clears throat> but uh, so I, I, I want to see Tick, Tick, Boom. 
This is interesting for me um, because I think the only reason I would pick Garfield over Hopkins is because it is a technically an award season performance where Hopkins isn't technically an award season performance for this year. But that's not fair. That's not that's not the way we're doing this. That's not the rules we have set up. And I think for that reason and that reason alone, the top performance official sifty for 2021 is Anthony Hopkins uh, in Yay! The Father. Um can't be mad about no, it. No, you all. can't be mad about it. Uh and in, in the same vein, I think Andrew Garfield is the best awards uh eligible performance yeah. of 2021. <laughs> um I think would we could say it that way. But um but yeah, congratulations to uh Anthony Hopkins for another award. That's a good kind of modifier. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, this feels this really feels like Will Smith, but I'm pulling so hard for Andrew Garfield yeah. for the Oscar. Yeah, me too. Me too. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, all right, let's do some nominations for best moment, best movie moment of the year. We each get three nominations. We will go uh, around for those. Uh, we'll go in reverse order. So I will kick us off on these. Uh, I'm going to start the nomination. By the way, this is one of those things where if there are spoilers attached to it, sometimes you have to be creative with the way you say it. I was going to ask. Um, so it should be something that would make it clear to somebody who's seen it what you're talking about without giving it away to somebody else. With that in mind, I with that in mind, I will nominate right off the bat uh, the first kitchen portal appearance in Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home as. Uh, a nominee for best movie moment of the year. I have. I'll just say, all the spiders is the, mine. The just kitchen, the culmination. The, oh, just, so like the the finale, more of the finale. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Which which I'm kind of including. I don't. I guess I was less specific in this pick than uh than what you were as opposed to a specific scene on like a specific element. Well, that's okay. No, I think, I think the finale of, I, I could tell you. um, So for instance, how I would put that movie moment for me that you're talking about is uh, Spider-Man web slinging off of another Spider-Man. Like there's, you know, there's, you know, there, there are just moments that happen in that finale that, um, or the, are you you okay scene that made everybody cry. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are you officially nominating that then as your first nomination or? Well, I, I was, that's what I was wanting to clarify is like, is that a difference? Yes, that is a different, you, moment. that is a different movie yep. moment. Yes. Okay. Then I didn't mean to jump in. I just wanted to clarify. No, you're, you're so. up next. So, you know, okay. feel free to nominate what you want. Let's go with that then. <laughs> All 12 it, of it, our it nominations will be so. from Spider-Man Far From Home. No, that will not yeah. happen. Uh, all right. Yes, I will call that the the group the group finale. Uh, I'm Spider Man. Uh, yeah. No way home. I think I said far from home. No way home. Yeah. Uh, all right, Robert. What about you? Uh, the funny feeling song from Bo Burnham Inside. I tried to narrow it down to one moment, and I think that was my that encapsulates the entire thing, and it's also a great song. Yeah. All right, Bo Burnham. Funny feeling. 
All right. Uh, Aaron, what's your first nomination? Yeah, I'll throw out my Spider-Man one. Um, Peter Parker saves MJ from falling. Yeah, the are you okay scene? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Are you okay from No Way Home? Oh, tears. Spider-Man's <laughs> yep. gonna split the votes. That's the movie that just, that's the moment that just devastated oh, me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh all right. Uh back to me then for my second nomination. I'm going to go with shifting the fourth diner wall in Tick Tick Boom uh, as my second nomination for movie moment of the year. Uh, I have seen that movie four times now. I think maybe five. I think four. Uh, and that what's that, it? Is it on anything or is it in theaters? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Netflix. It, it's a Netflix. Tick Tick Boom is. Okay. Yeah, Tick 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 Boom is a Netflix. I'll watch um, it that that <laughs> moment in that song which has become i think my favorite song from the film which is saying something because there's so many great mm-hmm. songs in that uh movie yep. uh is the most goosebumps i get every single time i watch it now is just the the moment where uh, the fourth wall literally comes down um and mm-hmm. uh yeah it's it's beautiful stuff so that's my second nomination uh andrew what is your second nomination <laughs> well it's a uh... It's also a song from a movie. <laughs> I know which one. Yeah, go ahead and say it then. Uh, Seagull on a Tire. Uh, yep, Edgar's Prayer from Barb and Star. Edgar's Prayer. Yeah, yeah. Seagull on a yeah. Tire. I have it listed as Dornan prayer. Sings to a Bird on a Tire. Um, yes. Yeah. Edgar's Prayer is actually the name of the song. Edgar's Prayer. Yes. And uh, it's it's movie magic, really. No, it really yeah, is. It is. I had it in, uh, in my list as p- of possible nominees as well. well so, yeah. Here, here's why, it, and I think this is the main reason because everything I'd seen Jamie Dornan in, he was playing so serious his version of whatever character he was playing, whether it be Fifty Shades or uh, you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, the I forget what the Snow White and the Huntsman, yeah, those movies. Everything I'd seen him in, he was like. Oh, I'm serious. I'm trying to be, you know, very seductive, you know, everything like that. Here, he just let that weirdness go, and it was magic. I yeah. love it. Yep. I never expected him to do that. Robert, what's your second nominee? This is tough. I have six listed, and I'm trying to choose only three. But I think mm-hmm. I'm going to go with um, the, the line, this is only the beginning from Dune. Um, nice. That it, It's just my favorite scene of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's a part that gave me chills. The music was swelling at that moment. Uh, yeah, that's it's just what excited me about the movie in general. Also, uh, this is only the beginning. Is the reason uh, Andrew doesn't like the movie. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't not like the movie. No, I know. I was, I was let I was Andrew and I, was, I liked the movie, but I was let down by the I, movie. I was overstating. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Aaron. What is your second nominee? Yeah, look, we've gone three hours without talking about Coda. So let's talk about the moment where the dad hears Ruby sing. Yes, yes. By grabbing onto her vocal cords. Yes, holding the vocal cords, I'll call it, uh, from Coda. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. I'm glad that's getting a mention. That's definitely one of the the best movie moments of the year. Uh, Let's see. For my final nominee, um, oh, I don't like this. I've got three left. We're going to do some honorable mentions on this one. Uh, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. uh, but my third official nominee I'm going to go for uh, 96,000 in the Heights uh, as my mm. uh, final nominee uh, officially 
you took what them an off my list. So. One of, you're welcome. Uh, one one of the most incredible uh, goosebumpy moments uh, that them walking to the pool, talking about the possibility of this money, that that information getting around to other people, people joining them in several different you know areas, doing their own thing. The big overhead shot of the pool. Um, there are so many moments in the 96,000 song that just blow me away. Uh, in the Heights, very much could have been, in, in my opinion, in the most underrated, even though I know there are plenty of people that like it. It just it doesn't yeah. feel like a lot of people are talking about it because in a year yeah. of many, many musicals, um, things can kind of get buried. But And, and in a year of Lin-Manuel, I mean, if anybody's going to give Andrew yeah. Garfield a run for his MVP money, it's Lin-Manuel this year. Like, um you know, just so much stuff that he's doing. Uh, but yeah, this is this yeah. is really great work from him as a director for the first time. Uh, just just absolutely love that scene. So that's my. Uh, oh, that was um, no, that was Justin Lin. The director sorry, sorry, the yes, sorry. In yeah, yeah. in the Heights was uh, Lin Manuel. No, not original. Justin Lin. <laughs> no, just uh, not Justin Lin. Who who did it? Um, it wasn't Lin Manuel. Uh, no, Lin Manuel directed Tick Tick Boom uh, as his first uh, directorial, right? John M. Chu directed Correct. In the Heights. John M. Chu. This is how Lin-Manuel amazing Rory. a year Lin Manuel is having. Sorry. <laughs> well, and Encanto. You know, we haven't talked yeah. about Encanto. Right. Too, yeah. So. No, I know. I know. Um, and uh, and he wrote the songs for Vivo. Yes. Which I know yes, you really He wrote liked. all the mu- music for Vivo yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah. It's quite a year for Lin. Um, but, yes, anyhow, uh, the pool scene uh, in 96,000 In the Heights will be uh, my official final nominee. Andrew, what's your final nominee in this category? I'm going to go with the ending sequence for the Green Knight, leading to uh, the Green Knight actually saying, Well done, boy. Now mm-hmm. off with that head. And, uh, oh, oh, it's so good. Because I didn't, you don't know in the in the moment whether this is a flash forward or if this is just how life was going to be for him. And yeah. for it to come back to the Green Knight at the very end. And uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. There were so many scenes I could have picked from this movie, but this is the best, I think. Nice. Uh, Robert, what's your final nominee? Well, I'm glad Andrew nominated that one because I can choose one of my others. Um, <laughs> the one that I, I, I referenced it earlier, the you don't get a lot of things to really care about scene from. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he's talking mm. to the great choice from the chef that he uh, that he was like a mentor of years prior. Um, mm. Yeah, that's just very emotional. And it's the. It's the whole movie's message just in one scene. Yep. Great, great pick. Uh, one of my favorites as well. Um, Aaron, what is your final nominee? Last chance for an official nominee. In a movie full of sappy moments, I got to talk another one. Um, in Coda, uh, Ruby's final performance, singing both sides now uh, for her audition. Ruby's final performance in Coda is the final nominee. All right. Good choice. Here, me the tears every time. here are the nominees. Couple from Coda, the holding the vocal cords in Ruby's final performance. Uh, several from uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Uh, the first kitchen portal reveal. The Are You Okay? And the uh, group finale uh, are the No Way Home choices. Bo Burnham, Funny Feeling. Uh, this is only be- the beginning from Dune. Uh, the restaurant scene from Pig. Uh, Seagull on a Tire from Barb and Star, 96,000 <laughs> from In the Heights, uh, Shifting the Fourth Diner Wall from Tick, Tick, Boom, and the ending of The Green Knight. I don't think I missed any of the nominees. 
Before uh, we do our pick, are we going to do our honorable mentions now? Or sure, sure. Let's yeah, let's go ahead okay. and do that. Uh, I'll throw out Shang Chi. Um, the love fight uh, is one of my favorite things uh, in that I saw in movies yeah. this year. I thought it was beautiful and just absolutely great stuff. So mm-hmm. I loved that. Um, I'd like to throw out two real quick, so then I could step away for a second. Uh, Ru- uh, the Ruby and Miles' duet from Coda. There's a moment where it just all sound you goes You just want away. to put Coda down I know. as your... Yeah. <laughs> the whole movie of Coda. No, there's the duet where like all of a sudden you see it from the parents' perspective mm-hmm. who are deaf. So, uh, and uh, Bond's finale in 007. Okay, sure. That's yeah. actually a really good yeah. one, and I'm surprised that yeah. it wasn't even on my list or anybody else's, but yeah. 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 Any others, uh, Andrew or Robert? Yeah, I got I two. Have... Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the Duel in The Last Duel. And uh, let's go with another scene in In the Heights. It's uh, the building dance. Yeah. No, that's a great choice. Was, yeah, the perspective. I thought that was just a magical yeah. moment in that movie yeah. that was already filled with magical moments. It's yep. one of the movie, uh, moments in the, like, I can remember actually saying out loud, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> as soon as it yeah. started happening, like, there was an audible reaction from me. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, what are your uh, honorable mentions? Others you wanted to, to throw out there? Yeah, I had two more as well. And one is uh, Superman Rising, like when he when he comes back in Justice League with the black suit and then stopping mm-hmm. the, the axe and all that. Um, that and then one that everyone else is going to disagree with, but the White Rabbit song from The Matrix, where it's like the, the super meta scene that you either love it or you absolutely despise it. And I, I really loved it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I'll mention a couple in the chat. Uh, the uh, let's see, Jay Bourgeois I'm a really says. Really good lawyer from the uh, Jay, Jay Bourgeois says uh, when the audio cuts from Reagan's POV from Quiet Place uh, Two, um, mm, it's a good yeah. choice. And then Nick uh, mentions another No Way Home, uh, which let's just say a, I'm a, I'm a good previous <laughs> character mentions how good they are at lawyering. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Uh, all right, I guess we'll go ahead and start this conversation. Um, what do you think? I mean, d- because we've mentioned No Way Home so much, does, I think it, does has it have to be, to be from that movie? Does it have yeah. to be from that movie, or is there I, a better? I think it does. Is there a better moment from a different movie that's better than all of the? Because you know, No Way Home had several good moments, but was it the best? Um, I don't know, yeah. Aaron. What do you think? What's what do you? Where do you think we should start our conversation on this? Um, are you okay? Uh, from No Way Home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robert, what? Do you, what? Are, to me, to me, it is the definitive moment of the. Uh, year. Robert, what about you? I assumed going in that the consensus was going to be something from Spider Man, but I, yeah. my, my personal pick would be a funny feeling from from, from inside. I yeah. think that encapsulates the year and it, it encapsulates a lot. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's great. I get that. Andrew, any for any other thoughts? Uh, actually, Aaron, I'm. I think I'm leaning more towards your pick from No Way Home, the the kitchen portal, mm-hmm. because I think that's what everybody was like. Are is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then it finally, we finally get an answer. It does feel like I, I guess that's where I'm leaning to. And here's what I'll pitch: I will I will pitch the the kitchen portal um, for the main reason that the other moments we've mentioned all rely on that on moment to that have moment. their power. Um, and that's what I was thinking, yeah. So uh, it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a technicality, but I think it's it's one that that, that works for me. Um, that Can that I make is, an argument for a different Spider-Man part? Sure, yes. Why not? The 
So not not the not the kitchen and not the are you okay, but the third one. I think that's the the best of the of that movie the, without the being group, the group the finale. Group. Yeah, because to me the kitchen, while it does you know do what we want it to do, that one of them it, wasn't there. Yeah, that for one thing, and for another, it's a little silly in my mind. Um, some of some of the dialogue and some of the interactions are just a little too silly for me. But so the group finale is just great. I, th- I Robert, I'm I'm with you. I th- I think I think we may go that way because it, it's kind of like the kitchen portal is Mjolnir, but the group finale is on your left. Like you know what I mean? Like mm. there's mm. there's a yeah. the, the, <clears throat> one of them means a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like it, there's a there's a little bit more meaning. And honestly, the third one we're talking about is kind of you could even call it part of the idea of you know group finale. And group mm-hmm. finale means you know. It's a wider way to talk about a movie moment, but it is a moment, and you know, yeah. it's a moment full of moments, including the "Are you okay?" moment, and you know, so it's a little bit of a cheat, but I think it's it encapsulates why that that movie has so many great moments, movie moments of the year, and and it's hard to pull off. So I think I'm going to throw my weight behind uh behind that idea of group finale Spider Man as well. It, it's a little bit too much of a cheat for me to throw my yeah. weight behind. I get like, that. That's fine. No, you know, I, it's, your po- it's your podcast. I just can't. I get it. Yeah. I, I Believe me, I totally understand. It, yeah, it yeah. incorporates a lot. Um, if you're talking about the whole final act of a film, that's a bit too much. It's not the entire final act. It's more of like the culminate. Like there's a culminating moment where like everything is like, oh, this is we're officially going to start doing it. It's more of like yeah. the... Uh, how how uh, on your left is like the 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 starting catalytic moment? It's yeah, not but the on your left itself. is a moment. On yeah, your left is true. a movie. On your moment. left is a moment. What we're talking about is not a movie moment. Aaron is right. Uh, I think Aaron's right. I think he's right. Um, and look I, again, mine doesn't quite get the the heart of what you guys are talking about. Mine is this is a specific moment. Mm-hmm. For Spider-Man, how about, yeah. how about this? this? Is a specific moment for Peter. How Parker. about this? And I, but it but it just means the world to me that he finally something gets that wasn't that. even mentioned. Uh, <laughs> well, that's uh, not legal. But no, go ahead. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. No, I think I think that's okay. yeah that wasn't nominated. So um, yeah. yeah, that's a totally different. Yeah. When I heard group finale, in my mind, it was uh, the hug, Spider-Man swinging, swinging from strings. <laughs> yeah. I, see, I'm better. When with, I heard group finale, I thought hug. Um, those are definitely two different moments, which is probably <laughs> again why yeah. group finale is not eligible in this category. Um, yeah. I, I literally I, said I say the we swinging. Go back to kitchen rings. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I literally said uh, the swinging when we were talking about group finale. So I'm fine with that being the moment. But if that's the moment, I think I would lean. Are you okay? I, I think I'm leaning that way. I think I'm with okay. Aaron on Are You Okay now, because um, that is a that is a legitimate movie moment. It was the most powerful moment of that movie. Uh, yeah. It is one of the biggest movie moments of the year. Um, if if Andrew and Robert are good with that, I think that's no, where I'm, I'm leaning. I'm 100 behind that. Yeah. Are you My okay? Thing- yeah. Are you? Yeah. I love that that moment as a fan of other movies, um, but my only thing with that is that it's for one character instead of collective. But I'm still mm-hmm. okay with it being the moment. Yeah, no, sure. it it is definitely. I mean, the moment is what the moment is, and it means what it means to. But as far as like an overall 
uh, moment. I think uh, I think that's where we go. Uh, yeah. Boy, that's, Which I that get took what some Robert's turns. saying. It feels wrong. <laughs> I understand what Robert's His saying. It feels wrong not to include all of them. For, right. Uh, for yeah. a, you know, but. Uh, well, and that's that is the discussion between I think the kitchen portal and the Are you okay? That is, in yeah, I yeah. think I'm okay with going with Are you okay? Uh, because I do <laughs> think it's a more it, like that moment itself is more powerful and more meaningful mm-hmm. than the other moment. Even though the other moment I think best encapsulates what makes the movie more powerful. Sure, but I think right. the, as far as a specific movie moment of 2021. The sifty goes to Are You Okay uh, from No Way Home. Um, And the performance just sells it, too. Yeah. So nicely done, guys. Love it. Love it. Love love a little... Uh, group work together. Uh, I think I changed my mind about fifty-seven times. I like how we were teetering around times. spoilers, like nobody has seen this movie. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone's seen it. I think everybody knows what we're talking about, but uh, but we we try. Yeah, to I mean, be like careful. we try to be careful. You know, when George Clooney's Batman came back, like <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. It's, uh, it, it, Nick Tokyo says the pose. I guess the pose is a better way to say. Yeah, like yeah. the landing, the landing yeah, pose, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's actually talk about the best movies. It is time. We will do hey. our top ten. Uh, BEC rules apply. You can trump something if you have it higher. Um, kick it off at number ten, and we will go to number one. Uh, Robert, you're going to start us off. What is your number ten movie of 2021? Uh, Licorice Pizza. I'm a, a pretty big fan of PTA, and this immediately shot up to like top three maybe um i i just love movies where people hang out and that's what this is but it's also more than that like it's episodic and people are hanging out and it's funny and you love the characters but there's a lot of like darkness underneath um mm-hmm. and there's a lot of depth uh to the characters and like andrew was talking about earlier the the age stuff uh gets at a lot of themes about maturity um yeah i love liquor's pizza very nice. This is my number 13 of the year, so I just missed my list. Uh, Aaron, what do you got at number 10? Uh, yeah, uh, The Suicide Squad. Um, I really love this movie. I, I do agree with you, Aaron, though, that uh, this would be a much better movie if it was PG-13 and kind so. of restricted to I that. I think so. It has to be. Because um, you're right. They go for an easy joke a lot of the times, uh, you know, a person opens a window and is completely naked mm-hmm. and then you know or like the, the the cleaver scene which is is a clever and funny joke this this film is would be better with just a little bit of a rain it, with, yeah. it's what's put just a little guardians. governor on it you know just yeah just pull it back just a little <laughs> it's what makes the guardians movies like as good as they yeah. are because you have to work a little bit more for a creative joke mm-hmm. um you know also talk about movie moments of the year how about that's your mom <laughs> but yeah uh, sure yeah, yeah, like that kind of humor would be better. Yeah. <laughs> I still really liked the movie, though, but it would be much better if it was. And let me be clear, since I haven't said it on, but I think people know, sure. but I, I don't begrudge anybody liking the Suicide Squad. I totally get why people yeah. love that movie. Yeah. Uh, the you know the energy is is uh, really interesting there, and there's actually some decent thematic stuff going on there. It's not like it's. I'd an like to empty renominate movie, so. Sylvester Stallone as King Shark. <laughs> <laughs> Feel Bird. free. Uh, all right, I'll go next. My number 10 uh, will 100% get trumped, but I have mass uh, at my number yeah, 10. Trump. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, what's your number 10? Uh, this is where I have the harder they fall. Okay, nice. Uh, you know me. I love westerns, and this is not only a great western, but it's a unique western. It's a western mm. that's in and of itself, you know, 
it's it's in a world of its own and i'm all for it it's it's kind of a mix between tarantino robert rodriguez and dare i say sergio leone i mean there's some there's some definite elements of like you know uh fistful of dollars or few few dollars more in this movie it's it's more vibrant and colorful and it plays with some really unique elements like when they go to the all-white town and they make it very literal that it's an all white town, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I had a lot of fun. The characters are very well thought out. It's a good movie. Great performances. Very nice. The harder they fall uh, in at number 10 for Andrew. Robert, what do you got at number nine? Uh, The Matrix Resurrections. Nice. I'm just waiting to see if anyone wanted to trump that. Good call. Um, (laughs) Not a chance. Trump. Not a chance. (laughs) No, yeah, I, I really loved it. Uh, I think I pretty much talked about it earlier, but even though it's very messy, I love what it's trying to do. And um, it doesn't do it perfectly, but I still think it does it very well. So, yeah. There you go. Matrix Resurrections uh, in someone's top 10. Imagine that. Uh, all right, number nine for Aaron. Uh, what do you, Actually, let me just say this, Robert. I'm actually glad you're, you're uh, repping the pro-Matrix uh, movement because you're not alone. There, I've certainly heard lots no, yeah. of very smart, uh, movie-loving people who, who do really like that movie and appreciate <laughs> what they're doing. So, and you are among them. It was them, kind so of I a appreciate. backhanded compliment there, Aaron. <laughs> No, there what? are smart people who like this movie. No, I said movie. he's among them. I said he was among them. you got to let me finish my sentence. Uh, Aaron, what is your number nine? Yeah, here's why I have no time to die. Nice. Trump. So, Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess that brings it to me then. Uh, my number nine is Encanto, which uh, we just mentioned for the first time just recently. Uh, but man, do I love this movie. I love the music in it. I love what it's saying uh, about um, responsibility and parenting. And I love that it doesn't go for the easy uh, protagonist resolution. Um, I love that it mm-hmm. sticks to um, its story and its theme. And it's just it's really great stuff. So Encanto is my number nine. Uh, Andrew, what about you? What's your number nine? Snyder Cut. Nice. Oh, okay. I didn't know if I had it at 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Not a chance. <laughs> it's, it's, a combina- it's a combination of how much I loathed the, the original version of this movie mm-hmm. and how I just think that this is just a really well done, you know, mini series that somebody decided to make into a movie, you know? Yes, I 100% agree it would have been better if everybody had got their own original origin story film prior to this movie, but having that not be the case, this is great. There are so many elements of this movie and moments in this movie that made me go, how did this not make the final cut? Like, there's an entire sequence where we get cyborgs, not origin, but we get, like, the revelation of how powerful he is, like, where he mm-hmm. sees this woman in poverty, and it actually brings a tear to your eye. And a moment that was this close to making my uh, moments of the year is whenever Barry Allen's like, uh, Dad, you're, I just want you to know your son was one of the best of the best. And then he runs through time to save the world. Mm-hmm. It's such an amazing sequence that it just makes you go, how could you miss out on so many great moments? 
Oh, Joss Whedon, what's wrong with you? On top of the many other things that are wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the question, Joss Whedon, what's wrong with you, is being answered by a lot of people these days. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah. but yeah, Snyder Cut, number nine. Alrighty. Um, I think that brings us to our number eight. Uh, Robert, kick us off. What's your number eight? Green Knight. Trump. All right. Aaron, what is your number eight? The Mitchells versus the Machines. That is a great choice. Number 11 on my list. Very good Very choice. Close. Yeah, uh, so the best animated movie of the year. Sony Animation has kind of really turned it around. Phil Lord, Chris Miller, pretty pretty great. Uh, the the message of the movie is definitely ham-fisted and too much for me most points. But uh, um, the humor is on point and uh, the animation is clever. I, I, I love this movie. Yeah. Not as ham-fisted as Ron's Gone Wrong or whatever that movie was. <laughs> that, that movie was fun <laughs> at times, but it was yeah. so ham-fisted. Mitchell's versus the Machines is subtle uh in comparison the the only yeah. thing about mitchell's versus the machines is really the main the antagonist right the antagonist is He's way so too far over the top by but, numbers one-sided yeah but There's everything no... else in this is really good um, yeah so yeah i love this choice uh mitchell's versus the machines good call it is the best animated movie of the year well i had a so. conto ahead of it but yes i understand what you're all saying uh like let's what's that robert i like luca yeah nice mm. Uh, all right, my um, yes, my number nine. Eight. Have you eight. done your number nine? Yeah, and Kanto was my number nine. We're on our eights, right? Um, yes, okay. yes, we're on our eights. Uh, I have the father at number eight. Um, Trump, and it has been Trump. Well, can we <laughs> do my list right, now, guys? What about you, Andrew? What is your number eight? Belfast. Oh, good choice. Uh, we haven't talked about this I movie. I was going to say, what yet. a weird no, thing no. when, like, one of the front runners for best picture of the year is something we've barely mentioned. I think that says something, actually, but it's a yeah. good movie. Well, if we were to do honorable mentions for performances, I would have thrown in Jamie Dornan. Yeah. Yeah. I would have thrown in Kieran Hines as the grandfather. I mean, it's Dornan's second uh-huh. best performance of the year. So, I mean, <laughs> that's true. It is. And you're joking, but I actually <laughs> I'm, I'm agree with you. I'm kind of not joking. I'm kind of not. <laughs> it is actually, he's really good, but, uh, no, this movie's fascinating how it's, you know, uh, it's his Roma. It's his version of his story, you know, growing up. And unlike Come On, Come On, I think that, you know, the black and white actually serves a better purpose than pretentiousness. I know, Robert, I'm sorry I'm ragging on your movie. No, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's, I love this movie. It's a happy movie with some actual emotional tense moments. Like nice. the moments where he's being a kid are the best moments of this movie for me. Like whenever he's like really doing the best he can to uh, get to front row so he can sit next to the girl, you know, in class. Like it's just those heartwarming moments. Like, oh, yeah, this is just a little kid who is trying to be happy, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then the world around him is falling apart. I'm glad I got to mention uh, Belfast uh, in at number eight for Andrew. All right, let's move on to our number sevens. Robert, what do you got? I got Pig at number seven. Um, yeah, uh, for all the reasons I've been mentioning throughout both parts, I think it's great. It's uh, about grief. It's about caring. It's about love. It's about people. There's a lot of stuff that's so great about it. And uh, I thought it was going to be Taken or John Wick, and it was absolutely not that at all. And that plays in hugely as to why i love it so much yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's uh, it is its own thing. Um, I think I I have described it as take and meet chef, but um, but you know it's really neither of those things, and yet somehow it's kind of both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's lovely uh, how it's its own thing. I will find you. Now I want to see John Favreau get his own John. There Mike you movie go. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He does have a particular set of skills in that movie, though. So um, yeah, he does. Uh, so yeah. Uh, all right. So Aaron, what is your number seven? Yeah, Cruella. Um, again, just big surprise for how much I loved this. Um, yeah, Emma Stone's great. Emma Thompson's great. Uh, the fashion design is is incredible. Uh, I love the soundtrack for this movie. Um, you know, we haven't talked about the henchmen very much. They're great. Yeah. Um, the uh, and the um, uh, the Roger character is from what we do in the shadows. Plays the oh, uh, who's the main vampire? Yeah. Uh... Um, Nandor, Nandor, the guy yeah. that plays Nandor with clean-shaven face looks unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. In there, yeah. So, um, uh, Kaven Novak, or Kaven Novak. Yeah. So, Cruella in at number seven. Uh, my number seven is West Side Story. Oh, Big um, Trump. Oh, Big big Trump. Oh, a Big Trump. Uh, big Trump. From, from Andrew. <laughs> uh, Andrew, what do you have at number seven? This is where I have no time to die. All right. Nice. It's it's a very well thought out farewell for Daniel Craig. Like you could tell that there was a lot of love, and uh, I know that he's had you know moments where he's said some controversial things about the Bond franchise in the past, but for some reason when it came to this final one, I felt there was a profound love for this character, and like this was Daniel Craig's way of saying thank you, and just a great movie with a lot of tense moments uh i forget what did what did you guys think of rami malik as the villain forgettable really yeah. he was solid yeah i was i wasn't a huge fan of rami uh in this one i'm more i'm more it's, with robert I, I think he was a pretty solid villain it's his performance is good it's just that the motivations and intentions weren't as fleshed out as they could have been it's not his performance that I didn't like it's the little amount that he had to do yeah Um, the villain was always secondary to the story yeah Yeah. but what I loved about this movie was the uh, the the competitive nature between the new 007 and him so it's it's a fun little element that you hadn't seen really in Bond since maybe Goldeneye another agent you know another 00 and how great is that Anna Dharma scene? Like it's it's the best. It's so she, great. Yeah. Yeah. She is the most unique Bond girl we've ever had. Yeah. Uh yeah, so this uh this is my number right. 9 and it just goes to show that a testament is that like it's a 2 hour and 45 minute movie and my end result was I just wish there was yeah. more. I wanted more <clears throat> Anna Dharmas, more Jeffrey Wright, um more um uh, of the 007 and 007 thing, more of uh more more oneers. That oneer in the stairway is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, more. good stuff. In at more him playing Home Alone in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was such a good sequence. That was such a good yeah. good sequence. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew had it at number seven, seven. and yeah. Aaron had it at number nine. That's no time to die. And we're on to our number sixes. Robert, what do you got? I am sure this will be trumped, but this is where I have tick tick boom. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a Trump there. Uh, Aaron, what's your number six? All right, time for me to defend last night in Soho. (laughs) (laughs) Number six. 
Number six. Look, um, I'll, I'll admit this movie falls apart in the last act for me. Um, but there is something so special about this movie. The visual flair. Uh, I mean, this is this is the definition of every frame of painting. Um, Thomas and Mackenzie and Anna, and, uh, not Anna, uh, Anya Taylor Joy are both uh, just delightful in this film. Matt Smith is that perfect kind of grungy. I, I love the setting of 60s London with all this neon. Uh, there's some really great camera work in here. Um, uh, lots, lots and lots to love. There's little Edgar Wright flares every now and then. How like there's a neon sign out, outside her window that will like flash to the beat of the music. Yeah. Um, this is this I is the best shot movie love of the this year. Movie. Yeah, yeah, it's best visual experience yeah. for me. Uh, that's what I voted for in Sifties. Um, I yeah, just everything about this movie ex- just falls apart in the end for me, but uh, not enough to. To take me out of loved it nice last night in soho in at number six for me my number six uh spider-man no way home uh, is my number six i figured yeah, somebody might trump that's on andrew what is your number six in the heights oh nice yeah i you know me i'm not really a musical guy so the fact that there are two musicals in my top 10 Mm -hmm. Uh, of the year should say something about the quality of musicals that came out this year this for me was you haven't even seen the best musical of the year so right (laughs) yeah Yeah, apparently yeah yeah apparently i haven't but andrew i'm starting to think you're a musical (laughs) gosh please no trust me no there's there's a grand history to prove otherwise (laughs) but um i think this is do the right thing the musical Mm -hmm. i love that this is a uh this is a community uh, I mean, yeah, we have a main, uh, you know, two main characters to say, but for the most part, this is a, co- a film about a community as opposed to a person. And that's a really unique experience for somebody who lives in the Ozarks to try and understand mm-hmm. this this communal way of life in the city. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Music's great. As Aaron said, 96,000 is such an amazing song. And the building dance was just pure magic. So yeah. there you go. What's What's interesting is Aaron, you picked uh, ninety six thousand as the best moment. I thought for sure you would have picked the Abuela song. No, I, I uh, considered it. Um, I, I wanted yeah. to pick one, and I just thought the moment of like that overhead shot from the pool just sticks with me. And yeah. um, Abuela is an incredible moment of the movie, but it only exists really in the context of everything else that's that's happening um that's in some way so i know these are minor distinctions it's one of the reasons yeah. actually movie <laughs> moments one of my favorite categories of the year just because you can kind of look at it at so many different ways but um but yeah no that's that's fair i i certainly love that song abuela was my favorite character have, uh, in the movie yes everybody yeah. needs that abuela in their life yeah <laughs> i would have picked the uh the fireworks during the blackout sure, sure. Been my I, I wouldn't blame you i wouldn't blame yeah. you yeah uh, in the Heights, in at number six, right? Yes. Isn't that where we're at uh, for Andrew? So we're on to our number fives. Uh, Robert, what do you got at number five? This is one that I still have not seen hardly anyone other than Sif Pop writer Shane talk about, and that's uh, Supernova, which is uh, this movie where Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci play uh, husbands and their Stanley Tucci is dying of dementia, mm-hmm. and they're taking one last RV trip across the English countryside. Yep. Um, and it is so moving and so touching and so thought-provoking in so many different ways. It came out January 29th. I just looked it up, and it's stuck with me on my top five, literally almost for a complete calendar year at this point. Um, 
I, I think this is one of the most special movies that came out the entire year, and I haven't seen hardly anyone say a single thing about it. Yeah, you isn't know... It, go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. I was going to no, say, no. isn't it amazing that there are movies that can actually stick with you for an entire year? You're like, man, is it going to make it all the way to the end? And it's just like, yeah, there's something magical about this movie that can't be touched. So... Yeah. Whenever I saw a new movie that was great and I was adding it to my list that I keep track of through the year, I was like, nope, just doesn't beat it. I, yeah. I kept trying to trying to beat it and it just wouldn't. Uh, I, I'm i going to uh, do pull an errand here and read my letterbox review uh, of this movie uh, from earlier uh, this year because it's one of those things I considered for award season last year and so it hasn't entered my mind uh, considering stuff for this year. Um, but it is, it is great. But I said, you know, those movies where people are like, this movie destroyed me. You need to watch it. And then you're like, I'm not fond of being destroyed. It's kind of unpleasant. And then they're like, but the unpleasantness of life, the unpleasantness of life is what makes the beauty so much more beautiful. And empathy only exists when we open ourselves to the pain of others. And then you're like, but do I have to experience it this deeply? It really hurts. And then you realize you're having that conversation with yourself. Uh, that is this movie. Um, so yeah, this is this is one of those movies where it's just like it's going to open you up to all sorts of empathy and emotion and feelings, and uh, it really is beautiful. I'm glad you mentioned it, Robert. It's, uh, it's that was a- exactly how I felt, except I was more welcoming of that feeling than what you described. <laughs> let's yeah. let's just let's just copy and paste that from this. <laughs> it's a fair point. That is a fair point. Uh, all right, so Supernova in at your number five is where we're at, I believe. So, Aaron, what is your number five? Yeah, here's where I have The Night House. Um, it just hit me in all the right ways. Uh, this, more horror films like this, please. Yeah, I again, this is one that we've talked about on these episodes that I haven't seen. I'll just I'll have to get it on my yeah. watch list. So, uh, The Night House in at number five. Uh, my number five is Malcolm and Marie. Um, is where I have Malcolm Ooh. and Marie for this year. Competed for awards last year, but definitely came out this year. And man, do I love this movie. And as I've already said, it is pretentious, but I think it earns its pretension. Uh, some of the scenes are just incredible dialogue uh, going on between these two. And any movie that's that's going to ask two people to hold a movie like this for this long um, is a, a high task. And I think... Um, uh, Washington and Zendaya do it really, really well. So, um, yeah, it is my number five of the year. Uh, Andrew, what's your number five? Bo Burnham's Inside. Trump. Trump. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right, on to our number fours. Uh, Robert, what do you got at number four? This is where I have the father. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think I talked about talked about it at length and everything I have to say earlier. Just I knew people like this, and it just hit all those torture buttons mm-hmm. but in a way that i wanted it to yeah. same with yeah. supernova yeah yep uh you had it at number four i had it at number eight um i would just uh add that this is another one you know considered for awards last year but definitely came out this year and it is uh incredibly constructed i i don't the the level of difficulty in portraying alzheimer's like this uh, or dementia uh like this is is just astonishing that it even makes any bit of sense and i don't know that a movie has ever captured uh empathy for this condition in such a powerful way um it because it makes you experience 
what it must be like to experience this condition. And um, man, the father's good stuff. So uh, glad you had it that high on your list uh, in at number four for Robert. Aaron, what is your number four? Spider-Man. Trump. Still Trump and Spider-Man. So my number four, Uh, Dune, I have at number four. Trump. Yeah, figured that. So Andrew, your (laughs) number four, what do you have? This is where I have the Green Knight. No, nice. shrimp in this because I have it the highest. <laughs> um, yeah, a visual masterpiece with an amazing story of uh, humility. I love it. Uh, who best else had visuals? The- best like cinematic visuals. Like it's not the best shot movie. I still think that's Last Night in Soho. But as far as like the way that the color palette is used, I think that this is just the most gorgeous movie of the year. Robert, you had this one as well, right? Yeah, I had it at eight. Um- yeah, for all the reasons I've been mentioning in both of these episodes, it's that it, yeah, it's just so thematically resonant, uh, visually stunning. Dev Patel is amazing. All all of the supporting characters are amazing yep. too, um, and I just get goosebumps and get giddy watching that. Uh, the moment that Andrew nominated for best moment. Uh, all right, so the Green Knight comes in at number four for Andrew, and number yep. did you say eight? Number eight. Number eight for Roberts. And so that brings us to our number threes. Robert, what do you got at number three? This is where I have Dune. Um, I'm 25 years old, so I've heard my whole life people talking about the amazing experience seeing Star Wars for the first time in theaters or seeing Lord of the Rings for the first time in theaters. And I never assumed that I would have that sort of experience, Mm -hmm. but I had it watching Dune. Um, I was completely blown away. Saw it opening weekend in IMAX. It was one of my best theater experiences in that, like, no one was crinkling popcorn, coughing, like, talking or anything like that. It felt like something special was going on in the room just watching this movie. Um, I really do think it's a full movie. I think Paul has a full arc, um, and he's ready to go on another full arc in part two. Um, But maybe I also know that because I read the book. But I think it's, again, visually amazing. The Hans Zimmer score is just one of his best ever. Um, and I think the best of the year. Um, I love all of the performances. I love Denis Villeneuve even more than I did before because of this. Uh, the way they blended practical and special effects was just amazing. Just I could go on and on about how much I love this movie, but I'll stop there. No, I love it. Uh, I, it's so interesting because I had the exact same experience of you. Uh, you had this at number three. I had it at number four. In that it hasn't been since Lord of the Rings that I felt this way about a movie where I went to it and was just like, oh, take me to this world over and over again. I want to live here. Show me all of the things. This is so beautifully constructed. I I want to know everything about this universe. Um, Literally, the only thing I didn't like about this movie was not the fact that it was a part one. Let me be clear about my opinion on this. It was the fact that it didn't tell you (laughs) that it wasn't marketed as a part one. That's what I don't like. That's what there is a negative part to my experience with this movie. When at the very beginning, it says part one and right off the bat, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Like nobody has, has been marketing it this way. I, you know, and, and in a, in a weird, in a weird way where it's like they're almost holding part two over your head going, ah, better everybody we gotta go see part one so we can make a part two. And it's just like, no, just you're making Dune part one and Dune part two and just market it that way. And if they do that, I have a perfect experience with this movie, even though it is only a part one, because 
it is just as much a full movie, in my opinion, as Fellowship of the the Ring is, or you mm-hmm. know, any of these you know movies that that uh, you know going a, a, ahead of time are a part of a you know bigger whole. Um, but yeah, I I so I again that's why I have it so high on my list because I absolutely loved this movie and uh, I echo so much of of why uh, the things that you said. So there you yeah. go. That is Dune in it. Uh, Robert's number three and my number four. Um, all right, I think that brings uh, us to Aaron's number three. Now we'll have to wait a little bit because this is where I have mass. Trump. <laughs> all right, uh, then my number three. Uh, I did not include this on my official um, votes for the tally that we will be doing for the Sifties overall movie of the year, but I do have it as my number three movie of the year. I do believe it is a movie. Uh, for me, it was a 2021 uh, movie. Uh, I'm going with uh, Derek Delgadio's in and of itself here. Uh, Aaron mentioned that. Uh, I know, Aaron, when you sent your picks, you also mentioned if in and of itself counts, uh, it would be way up there for you. And that is... It would be number yeah, one. Yeah, and that is why I didn't count it in my official tally because, um, you know, as far as the, the rules of um, uh, eligibility, those kind of things. But I love it enough that I did want to include it in my countdown uh, at number three. Uh, this is astonishing, astonishing work that Derek Delgadio is doing here. And it's not just the the magician part of it or the, you know, the the tricks that he's doing. I can identify some of the, you know, not necessarily sleight of hand, but even just like, you know, just knowing enough about having watched enough fool us and interpreted enough secret code words that Pendulette has said. I know some of the stuff that's going on here, but it is the story he's telling. It is it is meta in a way that most things that are meta can only uh, aspire to be. It is meta in a way that the very definition of the thing itself is what the thing itself is trying to uh, define and at the same time not define. Uh, it is it is brilliant philosophical stuff that's going on in this from uh, second one to, to second none. Uh, and I, I absolutely love it. So I had to mention it in my list. Aaron, I know since you love it so much, uh, you'd probably like to talk about it too. So feel free to jump in. Look, I've talked this movie to death. Um, I, this is that movie that uh, I saw it in late February and it went to the very tippy top of my list and it stayed there the entire year, uh, not even flinching. Um, the, the I'll say this, um, of the type of things that we've seen like this Hamilton come from away what what not this feels the most cinematic mm-hmm. um Frank Oz directing this um really makes this feel like a cinema experience um for better or for worse uh, and the other thing too is um part of the reason why this works so well for me I mean the thematic stuff is really what works the best for me but Derto Gaudio is a perfect leading man we could even m- maybe mark him as one of the best performances of sure. the year he's so great He's a uh, just spectacular storyteller. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Um, Robert or Andrew, did you want to chime in about uh, this one? I'd never even heard of it until you guys started started talking about it, and then you mentioned the Frank Oz directed it. It's about magic. It's a documentary. I'm like, how have I not heard this? <laughs> well, documentary is you know? a little. It's weird. not really about magic. Magic is the magic is the avenue to convey yeah. the message, and it's it's. Yeah. It's also like well, I'm just going off what it says on Hulu. It says sure, it's sure, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it fits more into documentary than anything else, but it's it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's, it's magic, a recording so of stage there's always going to be yeah. the, uh, that twisted yeah. unexpectedness to it. So yeah, yeah. Robert uh, Dicer, you mentioned it. You mentioned it uh, 
whenever you first saw it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I watched it that night or the next day or something. And yeah, I was blown away also. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't stuck with me. So it's mm-hmm. a bit further down my list. But yeah, I, I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, that is my number three. Andrew, what is your number three? Spooderman, No Way Home. Is this the highest? Nice. Uh, all right. I had four. All right. So Andrew has it at number three. Aaron has it at number four. And I had it at number six. Um, so, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, go, go, go for it, Andrew. It's, it's one of those, like, you can't believe Marvel keeps making you go, I can't believe they did it. How many times mm-hmm. is Marvel going to get away with that? <laughs> making me yeah. think, I can't believe they did it. They've done it so many times. And... Yeah, this is well. They made the Eternals, so <laughs> I can't believe. Oh, oh, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 everybody's great. The everybody who came back to do characters from the past nailed it. Uh, maybe one didn't, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that they pulled this off. It makes me question the future of Marvel, like the ramifications of what happens in this movie, what, where does that lead? Uh, not, I'm not even talking about like the uh, multiverse of madness stuff. I'm talking more about like with Peter Parker, there are a lot of questions like mm-hmm. how, how this movie going forward, what that means for him that mm-hmm. I'm curious about. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, you had it higher than I did. What, what were some of your thoughts? Uh, this is top tier MCU for me. It's, uh, I don't, I don't, I think I'm quite as high on it as just general people are. Um, there, there are some moments that don't work for me. I don't, I don't think Benedict Cumberbatch is really, um, like invested. Mm-hmm. I agree with uh, that. But, but I, I, I think that, um, most of the cast is, um, specifically, um, Tom Holland, the two of the three Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, um, and the supporting cast as well, you know, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, uh, uh, even Jamie Foxx looks happy to be there, um, which you wouldn't expect, but, um, you know, given Amazing Spider-Man 2, but uh, it's, it, I, I think this is a, not going to hold up as well for me over time for two reasons. Number one, um, this is a thing, something that you remember the moments of, kind of like, uh, you know, there's a big comparison, like, is Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad the best show of all time? And it's like, well, Breaking Bad is like consistently really good throughout, but Game of Thrones is like, you know, like kind of middling. And then you get the Red Wedding, and then it's kind, of, you know, like I feel like maybe it's that. Like we remember the moments. Uh, we talked about so many moments, and then also just however they choose to handle this going forward. Um, if they if they don't stick true to the ending that they made this movie, um, that I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a sour taste of this movie if they. This is, this is Feige, a very. I think Feige's really, you know, adamant about continuity and yeah. ramifications. So that's it. That is it. Yeah. There's a very interesting uh, conversation to have about a, a movie that you ranked your fourth favorite, you know, movie of the year. Like that was that was almost like it's my fourth favorite, but here's all the stuff I hate about it. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, it, look, everybody's talked about all the things that work so well in it. Yeah. We gushed on yeah. it for you yeah. know most most of the. But there's a reason it's, it's your number four, like, right? Like, I mean, it was, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. but it's just like, it's just interesting to see as of this moment. I love it, but yeah, it's almost like, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I have that tendency as well, too. I, I do the same thing. Um, I, I will not do that here, though. I will just say, uh, the most incredible thing about, uh, No Way Home for me 
is that they were able to pull off meaningful cameos and uh, like ultra meaningful cameos. So yeah. there, I, I think I said this in the review, there was only one of the in-movie cameos that I felt was cheap. Um, and every other one felt to me to be like foundationally important to the film. Um, so yeah. And I would also mention, uh, since we didn't do honorable mentions and performances, I had several, uh, one of them was Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man, uh, mm-hmm, no way yeah. home. I he think owns it. he, he just absolutely nails, uh, that character. So, um, so yeah. Um, Nick Tokyo in the chat to quote a wise prophet. Marvel knows how to play with her toys. Hey, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, they do. Time after time, they show uh, they know how to play with their toys. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on then. Um, number twos. To our number twos, uh, Robert, kick us off. What's your number two? Uh, Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham inside. Um, nice. I have. That, I that also was... uh, have that at number two. So uh, we can talk about it now. Yep. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, that was another one that. It wasn't quite as long as Supernova or The Father, but the moment I saw it, there it was going to be extremely difficult to have it trumped, and uh, it will be as we'll talk about. But th- there are so like infinite layers to why I love this, and the farther we get away from it, and the more I'm growing in my own life, and the more the world is changing, the the more that my relationship to this piece is changing. Um, I've talked about it multiple times in plenty of different platforms. So I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I love the music uh, on a lot of different levels, and I love what he's saying. But also, I think it's so interesting to figure out, like Andrew's talking about, whether it's a performance or whether it's real. Um, that whole idea is just so interesting to me, um, so interesting to, to dissect and to dive into and to, to discuss, and I have discussed it a lot with certain people. Um, yeah, there are just so many different layers, so many different facets, so many different reasons why this is up here. Um, and at this point, I think I have all the lyrics memorized because I've just been listening to it for the last oh, nice. what, eight months or whatever. So, yeah. Well, the crazy thing is he's I, I think he is struggling with what's authentic and in, in, in what's the performance yeah. like. And, and that's yeah. that's what makes it so in, in, incredible is in many ways. Because of the modern culture we live in, we're all struggling with what is authentically me and what is this performance thing I put on social media, like what, or or even for us, like you know, doing this show or you know whatever level. Everybody has a level of performance now to their life because they have a public persona on social media, and so it's it really is just such a crucial crucial part of all of our exploration of our own psyches right now that he's talking about in such a powerful and intricate and meaningful and hilarious way like it's 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 just genius level work that he is doing in this and um man i i I was blown away the first time I saw it, even more blown away the second time I watched it through. And it's it's just one of those pieces of art that I think is going to absolutely grow in estimation over time for what it meant to the moment, not just the pandemic moment, but certainly the pandemic moment as well, but also just the technological social media moment that we are struggling with as a society, as a culture, and as a world. So um, well done uh, to Bo Burnham. Is is Bo Burnham the this generation's Andy Kaufman? Yes. Hmm. 
I mean, I understand what you mean by that. Kaufman definitely had an uh, unhinged layer that, um, that 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 was part of his persona that I'm not sure Bo has. Um, you know, like there. I think I say yes because I think there's an element of like you n- you never really know when Kaufman is playing the straight man and when he's playing his own yeah. version of himself. And sa- same with Bo Burnham, you never really know right. when he's being truly right. authentic and when he's not. So so in that vein, I say yes. Um, I was really waiting. Yeah. I really wanted him to win the uh, variety special or whatever it was at the Emmys. He lost out to um, Hamilton. But I, for that very reason, I wanted to see just, like, what his demeanor and how he was going to act, if, like, up on stage accepting that award. Mm-hmm. Like, what was... He hasn't spoken about it. There's no interviews. There's there's nothing. He just dropped it and then kind of disappeared mm-hmm. again. So that that's part of the mystique and part of what makes it so great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was my number two. It was Robert's number two. Um, I think Andrew, five. Andrew, you had it at number five. Uh, so yep. there you go. Bo Burnham's inside doing very, very well. Uh, let's see. So I think that means we're on to Aaron's number two. Uh, tick, tick, boom. Yeah, I'm going to trump that. Uh, yeah. My number two, already mentioned, Bo Burnham's inside. Andrew, what is your number two? This is where I have West Side Story. Nice. Um, I've said it a trillion times. I'm not a fan of musicals. And... This is a movie where I, I was like, Aaron, why is Steven Spielberg remaking West Side Story? And then you see it and you're like, oh, because he can make it look like this. There are so many sequences in this movie that are just like, this is Spielberg at his finest. And that's saying something, obviously. Mm-hmm. Whenever he can do things that made you go, that's that's real cinematic magic and you don't see it that often you see it in like jurassic park you see it in schindler's list you see it in you know these movies that you go oh so he is there's a reason why he's considered the greatest of all time and it's because Mm -hmm. he can make movies like this and for me to say that a movie that's almost what three hours long that's a musical is my second favorite movie of the year Mm mm-hmm it's it's insane it's insane this movie should not be this good (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i'm with you i had it at number seven uh and you had it at number two um yeah i i really wasn't expecting just the absolute splendor of this movie and you know spielberg is one of those directors who somehow we occasionally just take for granted and then he pops back up and goes hello guys remember how i'm one of the greatest directors ever to have lived uh and this is kind of one of those moments and um and i think his last couple movies he did like the post or something Mm -hmm. and then there was the bridge of spies and i'm like okay he's making he's putting out decent content but every now and then he's like no no I'm Steven Spielberg. And you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, you are. Yeah. And that was yeah. this was this movie was one of those moments yeah, where I was definitely. reminded he is who he is. That's right. Uh all right, it's time for our number ones. Robert, what's your number one movie of twenty twenty one? At this point it should come in no surprise that it's mass. Yeah. Um that this movie, again, I saw it what, like a month ago. I didn't think it yeah. was gonna be Inside, Dune, The Father, Supernova, anything like that, but it did. It blew me away. Um, I think this is a movie that everybody should see because yeah. it gets at the heart at understanding other people 
Um, it strips everything away and says, who are we at our core? Um, can we know who other people are at our core? And if so, how can we know, how can we know that? Um, there's a real center of, uh, of earnestness and sincerity and, um, just at the end, it's really just love and positivity, even though it's immensely difficult to watch. And I teared up multiple times throughout the movie, just at like different lines of dialogue. Um, it, it's, I think it's super important. I think I'm going to watch it many, many times throughout the rest of my life because, and show it to many, many people, because I think it's just an important movie to watch. Um, and I, w I was expecting it to be good, was not expecting it to be like something that could go on my favorite movies of all time list. Mm. Yeah, uh, three of us had it on our list, I think. Aaron, I think you were the next highest. You had it at um, three. three. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, performances are incredible here. Uh, this could be titled Empathy the Movie uh, or, yeah, Listening the Movie, um, Understanding, whatever. Uh, I think I'm with Robert. I think this should be required viewing by, you know, lots of people. Um, you know, just put it in the curriculum somewhere, high school, college, whatever. Um, and uh, I, I hope this is wins best picture this year. This is my hope. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, but <laughs> no, but that's my <laughs> hope. It's my dream. If I could have one yeah, wish, yeah, uh, it'll get nominated. But I think it will. It should get nominated. I think it will. Yeah. It might but not. It's my though, hope that it Aaron, wins. it might not get nominated. It's it's kind it's of really. Year. I know. It is. It is fallen under the radar in some ways, and I do have it at number ten. Um. I, we've we've mentioned the incredible performances. Uh, we've mentioned, I think we've mentioned the incredible structure. It's very much, you know, a a stage play in a in a film. Uh, and when I say that, it almost sounds demeaning. I don't mean it that way. I, I just mean you could very much pop four people on a stage and do this, um, you know. Um, but it certainly uses its uh, film language well, and uh, you know, it's 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 incredible stuff. So. Um, so yeah, and just an incredible uh, title with multiple meanings that I'll let Aaron know uh, here <laughs> later. Uh, so yeah, so Mass is a great choice. My number ten, Robert's number one. I mean, one. Aaron. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and Aaron. <laughs> I thought you were starting number, over. I'm like, no. <laughs> and Aaron's number four uh, was Mass. Uh, Aaron, what's your number one? Yeah, if uh, Mass is empathy, the movie, then Coda is Schmaltz, the okay. movie. Okay. I love Coda. This hits me on every emotional beat fiber I have in my body. Um, yeah, I, uh, it, it makes me laugh a lot. It's a lot funnier than I think I, people remember. Uh, there's a lot of really funny moments in it, it but it just hits me on um, all these just cheesy moments that um, I just everything about my heart loves this movie i love it that it's a movie so good you're having trouble uh encapsulating how good it is i love it when that happens uh that it means so much to you in that way uh i think it's beautiful i think it's a beautiful film i totally uh get get why this would be at the top of your list uh number one it's also just a feel-good mm -hmm. movie like sure yeah it's i mean there are moments that could make you cry but like it there's a lot of times it's tears of joy or it's yeah, it, it kind of it counters a, a an emotional moment with just a, or a sad emotional moment with just uh, something that's just going to light yeah. up the room. I love this. Very movie. nice. Uh, number one for Aaron is Coda. Uh, my number one, it should be no surprise, is Tick Tick Boom. Um, I I think it was the third viewing of this where I realized 
that it, it was impossible for any other movie to be my number one other than this one because every single moment in the movie, uh, every single song, every single beat um, just played perfectly to me on the third time through. And I think it says something about a film for me when instead of getting tired of it, once I know all the beats that I look forward to every beat as it happens, um, and I just found myself every song being like, oh, I know what's coming next. Oh, the next song is going to be this one. It's going to be so amazing. And it's just like, um, you know, ev- every song is your favorite song until the next one comes. And that's just how this movie is for me. Um, we've already mentioned the astonish- astonishing performance uh, at the center of it. Um, I think Andrew Garfield is is doing incredible work. Uh, and, uh, this is the movie that Lin-Manuel, uh, directed this year and, uh, mm-hmm. and just an incredible directorial debut. The choices he's making with how he is intercutting reality with the stage show is some of, some of the most smart choices in storytelling that I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, there's... The uh, marriage argument song um, is is yeah, yeah called therapy. That it, it shouldn't work. It just shouldn't work. What he's doing in that song should not work because this is a song that depends on its quick rhythm and you know crazy actions, and he is cutting in real authentic emotion into this over the top song. Like it's just. It's mind blowing that that he would even say, "Hmm, I wonder if I could do this." Because my brain would be like, "No, that's dumb. You can't like it, the tones will completely undercut each other, and they somehow don't." And I like it's just it's it's just some astonishing choices he's making here with the 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 um, the real world stuff versus the stage show stuff. Uh, Tick tick boom. It's just every time I watch it, it gets better and better. So yeah, that's my number one. Uh, who else had it on their list and wanted to talk about it? Aaron, you had it at number two, so why don't you go next? Yeah, uh, I'll just. I have two th- things to add to that. Uh, it was during the song therapy that I realized that Andrew Garfield is giving the best performance mm-hmm. of the year or the award season. Uh, he's so good. He's so good in this whole movie. He brings that kind of energy, like I mentioned, uh, in be- right at the begin- beginning of the film, uh, and he just you're with him the whole way. Yeah. Um, the other thing is kind of like you mentioned earlier as well, the way that, uh, that this movie, um, kind of intercuts between the stage show and real life. It really cut one of my biggest problems with the movies, which is ever since meet with musicals ever since 2012's Les Miserables, I can't get over like emotions, not matching, um, what the lyrics are Mm -hmm. saying. Like somebody's clearly not projecting as much as they are in the studio, um, but the fact that you're you're blurring the lines of reality, um, it, it it just excuses it, and it's okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, just it was really easy to get over that for me, which is a really hard thing to do. Yep, uh, Robert, did you have it on your list as well? Yeah, I had it at number six. Yeah. Um, it's a tough thing when you see a character that you realize is kind of unlikable for a bit. And then start seeing yourself in the character. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how it was with with uh, the Andrew Garfield character in here. Um, but also, it taught me a lot. You know, it made me think about a lot of different things. And it's a lot of stuff that I've been thinking about just in general in my own life uh, these last few months, few years. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of interesting stuff about pursuing your passion, 
but also realizing that other people don't have the same opportunity to do that. Some people aren't as good. Some people aren't in the right financial position. Some people, you know, have life-threatening illnesses, that sort of thing. There's just a lot of stuff that I really, really love thematically. On top of, it's like, uh, it's a lighthearted movie a lot of the times. Like, it's really funny at some mm-hmm. points. Uh, no one mentioned Robin DeJesus, the Michael character. Yeah, He's, yeah. He is great. Um, I really wish he would have been getting some awards consideration throughout this season. Oh, you're um, absolutely right. The reveal moment uh, is he is so powerful in that scene. He's conveying like three or four different emotions at the same time and and does it so well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that scene on the street and then mm-hmm. the one up in, uh, in the office. In his office. Mm-hmm. Those two are just knockout performance yeah. moments. Uh, but yeah, I love I love Tick, Tick, Boom. Nice. Well, there you go. Tick, Tick, Boom is my number one. Uh, it is Aaron's number two, and it is Robert's number seven. Is that what you said? Six. Six, number six. Uh, so there you go. Andrew, we're down to your number one. Finish us off. The Last Duel, Ridley Scott. Nice. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for somebody to trumpet, and then I realized this one. <laughs> nope, can't trumpet number it one. It's my 11. Yeah. <laughs> it's my number one times two. Uh, no, it's uh, it's so brilliant. I love this movie. As we said before, the Rashomon technique really is what sells this movie. Um, because you're watching this movie in the beginning, and you're going everything through Matt Damon's point of view. And it's kind of like... Not a palate cleanser, but it's like setting the table for like, okay, so everything that we see from here on out is based on our interpretation of what is happening in this first rendition. And it's crazy to see it change so drastically from different perspectives, yet at the same time being so familiar. On top of that, you have an amazingly shot movie by Ridley Scott. In this entire movie, you're waiting to get to that last duel. And it delivers. It is terrifying. It's visceral. It's gory. And it's emotional. You're waiting for uh, the, this Adam Driver character to, you know, like, is he, like, going to confess or whatever? Or is he going to stick to his guns that he didn't do it? And it makes you question at the very end, like, did he do it? Because he's adamant that he didn't do it yet at the same time we're like is he just not interpreting what has happened as rape or is she lying so you're like what i love a movie that leaves you i know the movie wants you to believe that uh that uh jodie comer's character uh marguerite is the one telling the truth i think the movie is really you know trying to you know you know, send the message home that she's the one telling the truth. Right. But honestly, at the very end, like I was questioning, like, was she lying? You know, and I've actually heard a lot of people, including my mom, who was like, I think she was lying. And I'm like, really? That's an interesting take that I was not expecting from this movie because it is so adamant mm-hmm. to make you think that right. Jodie Comer's telling the truth. But the fact that this movie got people talking, and I really wish that it, a lot of more people had seen it. It's I love a movie that make that forces you to focus in and try and pick out all the different details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's my favorite. Last duel, good choice is Andrew's number one. Uh, yeah. All right, well that brings us to the official 
Sif Pop Movie of the Year. This is chosen not just by us four, but by all of the contributors and the um, guest gurus who would, guest on the podcast. Would so, you say that there's a plethora? I would say there's a plethora of uh, contributors. Uh, so all those uh, who contribute give their number five through number one. They are assigned points based on those placements and then they are ranked if a movie only has one person who has it in their top five that movie is not eligible uh there were 31 movies that had at least two people mention them uh and so we will do a top 31 countdown we will go very quickly through the first uh several and then we will slow down when we get to the top 10 um, I will throw just a couple shout outs to a couple movies that only got one vote that are probably worth mentioning because they came late in the year. Swan Song is one of those. Um, Tragedy of Macbeth is another one of those. Uh, the uh, Lost Daughter is another one of those that came very, very late in the year. Olivia Coleman, by the way, was one of my honorable mentions uh, in performances. She's incredible mm. in that movie. Um, so some shout outs to those movies uh, who may after a little bit more time get some votes being the Ricardos also we haven't really talked about that at all uh, or mm. very much that only got one vote so um, so yeah so those are some of the ones we're leaving uh, off the list so starting at number 30 oh and by the way tiebreakers yeah uh, happen this way whoever the hot whoever had it the highest Correct. So if there are two movies that say have eight points based on the point system, if somebody had one of those movies at number one and the other one nobody had it at number one, then it goes by that. Uh, if those are the same, um, then it ends up going by how many people had it uh, at that ranking. Um, so so there we go. Uh, 31 is a movie Wait. called... I have typed up my prediction for what number one is. I just oh. want to say that. So I'm okay. putting my phone Good. right Good. here. Good. Uh, number 31 is Nine Days. Uh, mentioned a couple times. A couple people had that on their list. Number 30 is Encanto. Uh, three people had that on their list at number five. It comes in at number 30. Number 29 is Malignant, which we haven't talked about at all, um, but a couple people had Malignant on their list, so that's at 29. Uh, ending up with a straight tie for number 27th is No Time to Die and Judas in the Black Messiah. Uh, those two tied at 27. We haven't talked a lot about Judas in the Black Messiah. That's another one that was last award season, but did come out this year. Uh, Red Rocket comes in at number 26. Uh, tied for number 24, Nightmare Alley and The Father. Uh, so The Father coming in at number 24 with Nightmare Alley. Uh, number 23, Last Night in Soho comes in at number 23. Uh, number 22, Licorice Pizza in at number 22. Uh, tied for 20, uh, Tatane and Worst Person in the World um, uh, come in tied for number 20. Uh, number 19 is The Harder They Fall. Uh, tied for 17, Shang-Chi and Justice League. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, mm. comes in at number 17 with Shang-Chi. Uh, number 16, no more ties from 16 on up. Number 16 is Don't Look Up. Um, number 15 is Pig. Number 14 is Mitchells versus the Machines. Nice. Number 13 is The Suicide Squad. Number 12 is Power of the Dog. 
Number 11 is Mass. And now we get to the top 10. Top Mass 10. just missing the top 10 in at number 11 with 17 points. Sad. Uh, including number two 10. numbers. Ones. Number 10 with 18 points. Uh, 8, 9, and 10 all had 18 points. They were separated by the tiebreakers. Uh, number 10 with uh, three number ones. A number, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, three number ones, a number four, and a number five is Belfast. Comes in at number 10. Nice. Um, number nine uh, with six people voting for this one. So that's where it won the tiebreaker. Uh, I think I got those tiebreakers reversed when I said them earlier. It's actually if more people have it voted as the first tiebreaker, second tiebreaker is the higher ranking. Uh, so at number nine with one number one, one number two, two number threes, a number four, and a number five, the last duel coming in at number nine. Uh, number one was. Uh, number, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> number eight uh, had a number one, two number twos, <laughs> Uh, number three and two number fives, Bo Burnham's Inside comes in nice. at number eight on this official Sif Pop list. In at number seven uh, with 19 points, the only movie with 19 points, and on seven people's lists, uh, The Green Knight comes in at number nice. seven. Number six uh, with 21 points on six people's lists, including two number ones, West Side Story in at number six. Uh, number five with 22 points on seven people's lists, including one number one, is Spencer in at number five. Uh, good showing from Spencer. Uh, in at number four with 22 points on seven people's lists, including a number one and two number twos, is Coda. Coda comes in at number four. <laughs> Uh, and on to the top three. Number three with 27 points on nine people's lists, including two number ones, Dune in at number three of 2021. Number two with 41 points. Good number. Uh, <laughs> 41 points. It was on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 people's lists, including five number ones. Uh, in at number two is Tick, Tick, Boom uh, in at number two. And the number one movie, the official Sif Pop Sifty movie of the year with 56 points on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 people's lists, including one, two, three number ones. It is Spider-Man no way home so oh, i thought it was going to be f9 <laughs> i got it no no it was not so there you go the official movie of the year for sif pop is spider-man no way no home way i home. am completely comfortable with that pick uh i think it is one of the things i love about doing the sif pop is it is not about awards prestige it really is about the best movies of the year and in many ways spider-man certainly fits that bill um and with what it did so there you go the official movie of the year for sif pop is spider-man no way home um and that'll do it uh for the sifties this year congratulations Woo! on a four hour plus marathon in parts one and part two appreciate all those uh involved 
Uh, thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Feel like I've already done this today. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Uh, big thanks to Robert and Aaron for hanging out with us today. Yeah. Uh, tell us again. Uh, yeah, thanks for uh, Tell us. us again about the other stuff you're doing, uh, Aaron. Tell us about the the podcast. Yeah, we'll just uh, direct people to the writers' room. If you want to hear um, the uh, the Sif Pop writers that we have mention uh, their top films, uh, five films of the year, and why they are that, you can go to the Sif Pop Writers' Room podcast and listen to episode i think 83 it's uh our top five films of 2021 so if you want to hear some voices from some writers that specifically say they're five and why that'd be uh, a great place to start and robert tell us about robert's thoughts yeah it's a youtube channel slash blog dedicated to movies and tv um do video essays i'm working on one about uh succession and another about man of steel right now so got a lot of fun stuff coming up a lot of stuff done already so yeah by the way, you now have 201 subscribers. Awesome. Thank you. Andrew is your new... Now I'm going to bring it back on the <laughs> 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 He's going to go unsubscribe. Aaron Just so Savage. it's a nice even number. Uh, no, yeah. thank you guys so much uh, for your time. I know it was a big investment today, and I really do appreciate it. And appreciate the work you're doing at SifPop.com in uh, managing the, the website and all that. Uh, it's a big deal, and thank you for doing that. Uh, thank you to our SIFPOP members as well for supporting what goes on here. Uh, $3 a month is where it starts. Uh, different fun stuff at different levels, including bonus episodes and ad-free podcasts, all that kind of fun stuff. You can find out more at patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to comment, rate, or leave a review at Apple Podcasts or email us at feedback at SIFPOP.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so make sure you let them know about the podcast and that listening is much easier than tiptoeing around Spidey spoilers. Uh, we will be back next week with probably Jackass and Moonfall. Um, it is January. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it is. Let's go. <laughs> so we will see you then. I like how we just talked about some of the most prestigious movies of like the past, possibly the past decade, right. and right. then we're gonna follow it up, Jackass and Moonfall. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.